Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Geek Vibes Hello, hello, how are you guys doing? This is Dane Alves with another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show in which me and my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews and previews of the shows, either in the past, the future, or like that fucking time machine that no matter whatever time you're listening to this show, we're going to provide you with some information uh just for all new listeners we do a show record it usually on saturdays have it out to you by mondays so enjoy the ride i could not do the show without me i am like i said with my fellow wrestling geek friend christopher brother ray Patton. hey hey how guy hey guys hey hey dane how's it going buddy um told you that was it's been a yeah, yeah, you did. It's uh, I'm just gonna call bullshit on Skype on that one. It's not our <laughs> fault. Said it was gonna record. Dane sung, had a great intro, and then I had to interrupt him and be like, "Hey, buddy, I, I don't, I don't think it's recording." But here we are, <laughs> ready to talk about wrestling. How was your week, buddy? How's things going over there? Watching anything outside of wrestling? You know, um, good week. Uh, I would say uh, really stressful uh, just because we had to prepare everything for the uh, big music festival for Sweetwater, Sweetwater 420 Fest in Atlanta. So lots of collecting boxes of T-shirts we made for them and dropping it off at different places in Atlanta between the park itself and Sweetwater and just making sure everything's perfect. And now my coworkers are there having to bust their ass and I'm at home. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Actually, there was about uh, just like most music festivals nowadays, Chris, there's probably about five, I'd say 10 bands total. I knew. And the rest was bands. I have no idea where one of them could be named, get the fuck out of my pool. And I would believe it as a new band that would be on the lineup for a music festival. So yeah, good stuff. I didn't watch that much of anything else besides Ozark, which fucking goddamn man, that first episode was was dope as hell. Coming back to that show, so yeah. So uh, yeah, I was thinking about actually going to Shaky Knees tomorrow, but the one day tickets are kind of ridiculous. Four twenty price. So, uh, well, yeah, you're you're doing four twenty fest, but we have another music festival happening right now. Shaky Knees. Uh, I think that's the same, the same weekend. The, uh, I, I guess so, because they're unless yeah, I think it's this weekend. Um, oh, man. I could be wrong. Out. I think maybe it, it may be next weekend. I, I could be wrong, but uh, I'll have to look after we get off this call now, because I, I may want to go to that. But Death Cap, Cap for Kitties, the headliner, and I think uh, wow, on the undercard, two. the band I wanted to see was Pup, which I love. And if you ever get a chance to see them live, great, great fucking band. Um, so I was considering it, but one day tickets being 60 bucks, it, back in the day, that sounded like a lot, but pretty much every concert you go to now seems like you're, you're about to be in the $60 range, regardless of where you're at. So maybe I'm just old. I feel like I'm getting fucking old, Dane, <laughs> but, uh, 
As far as shit I watched, I watched the the new Julia Child show on HBO. I watched all of Flight Attendant, which was really, really great. I highly recommend both of those. They're not really in our normal realm of things to talk about, but both those shows are fucking great. Yeah. um, I can't believe they have two major fucking festivals going on in Atlanta. I just checked it out. You're right. So craziness. But um, yeah, check out if... I mean, if you if you like Ozark, and it just started the second half of the last season, uh, you're gonna like it. But it was really cool seeing one of my favorite characters discuss with Killer Mike playing Killer Mike, uh, Illimatic from Nas, and a conversation that was pretty fucking dope. So uh, big ups to Julia Garner for doing an awesome job playing the character Ruth on Ozarks, or Ozark. I was throwing an S in there. I don't know why. But anyways, not why we're here. Actually, no, I will plug the shit out of this. If you guys are a fan of The Northman, The Batman, Moon Knight, and, you know, just a general discussion of the future of both the MCU and what will happen with the Multiverse of Madness and also with the DCU with their new, um, well, basically, Warner Brothers, Time Warner, got bought out by Discovery. So they have new people in charge. And everything's going to be fucking changed. So I have an episode of Dane Rants. Me and Nick Smith uh, just did. Uh, we came out with the episode on Thursday. So just search Dane Rants or Geek Vibes Nation and find it either way on any downloadable platform. Um, if you didn't see The Northman, we do it first. So you can cut out that part of it. It's, they're both spoiler reviews and just listen to the rest of the show. I highly recommend, though, going out and seeing that movie. It was really good. So cheap plug, but I don't care. This is one of my shows. So I'm going to do it anyways. We're at the start, Chris. <laughs> I'm a rebel. It's 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 worth uh, going to listen to Dane yell and bitch about <laughs> both universes. There's there's it's not too much there's not too much bitching on this one. I will say there was a lot of positivity, but that that takes good movies and not the stupidity of other shit like Ezra Miller and I, I, Amber Heard. I did finally get around to watching the Batman, and uh, I really enjoyed it, man. I don't know if uh, I don't know how much you talked about this on Dane Rants, but I, I don't know if my very next character would be the Joker if they continue in the same world and same direction. I think it. Would did be you really watch cool the deleted scene? I did. You sent it to me. Um, I'm still kind of like I, I really can. Let's let's do a really good Mister Freeze. That's we'll <laughs> give you. We'll we'll give a little preview of the show. Me and Nick discussed this, and the way they formatted it with. How are they going to do a movie with Catwoman, the Penguin? Well, now, inevitably, like you said, everyone saw the five-minute scene, I would say. The Joker and the Riddler all in it. And they were able to do it because they, they didn't do it like a, like a, like a superhero movie. They kind of just did it as if these guys were characters. Some of them would become big. So you can do a movie where Joker kind of becomes like a Hannibal Lecter character that Batman goes to. And then maybe inevitably breaks out, maybe in the third film or whatever, kills someone you know, Bruce Wayne loves and gets thrown right back in Arkham or, or, or some story like that. But you can have multiple things. Mr. Freeze could be a revenge killer, you know, murdering people and, and his calling card is freezing them. So you can see he was a cryogenics scientist and his wife got murdered. So he's more in revenge. And that's you got the serial killer out, but it's not really a serial killer taking some stuff with the court of owls that was already hinted at the richest of families like the Arkhams and the, and the Waynes kind of like their own little uh, Illuminati, if you will, and incorporate a lot of different stuff 
It just depends on how they do it. And I trust Matt Reeves on giving us great films and not necessarily superhero movies when it comes to this property. And also the two shows, one about Arkham Asylum and one about the Penguin taking over the crime world after this film that are going to be on HBO Max. I'm looking forward to all of it if you can't tell. Yeah, I'm I'm really stoked on the idea of the Penguin sh- TV show because he was one of my favorite characters from the movie. I thought Colin Farrell was fucking great. And also, I had no idea it was him because I I have kept kind of out of the comic book movie spoiler and uh, preview realm. So him with those prosthetics on and the character, especially after the fucking great great Batmobile chase scene. Uh, when he's standing on top of the yeah. fucking building or whatever, it's it's great. I'm not going to give any spoilers for people that haven't seen it. Maybe you're like me, and um, you know, for the first time in a while, with Moon Knight in the Batman, I've kind of gotten more invested in comic book related TV or movie content because, uh, as I've talked about on this show before, I've I've had like a a little bit of fatigue. Felt like we got so much so quickly. Uh, do you think there for a your, long time? Do you think that your opinion of Moon Knight and the Batman um, might be different because they don't just do the normal superhero formulated thing? Like I would say Moon Knight, they have one episode to go, but has been one of my favorite, if not my favorite show that's been on Disney Plus uh, for the Marvel shows. And it's so different. You know, you wouldn't see an homage to Internal Sunshine, the Spotless Mind in fucking Hawkeye or uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know? Like, I think that both the Batman in the movies and then also Moon Knight as a superhero-based television show, they, they've been helped because they're not just a normal formula. I think that's definitely part of it because, like, and I've compared some of the MCU and the, the amount of movies that we're putting out to Westerns in the past. And to me, these kind of are like more, these kind of shows and movies have that, uh, with Sergi Leone feel where they're, yeah, they're still that, but they're different. They're not like the typical, like John Wayne type deal or your typical comic movie type. They have their own feel to them. And yeah, it kind of reinvested me. I mean, before this, the, I will say I, I took a long break. Um, probably the last comic thing related I watched was the Joker until Peacemaker came out. Um, it seems like we're kind of getting to a stride where people are trying to do something different, which, which I appreciate if, if we're going to continue awesome. down the realm of realm of comics. And I've, I really enjoyed uh Peacemaker moon Knight, in the Batman. I was surprised that I enjoyed the Batman as much as I did just cause it was Going in, everyone's like, it, it was too long. And granted, I watched it at home and did stop and eat Mexican food <laughs> during part of it. But for me, I was like, this movie's fucking great. Batman's doing detective shit. He's got contacts that record crazy. <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. So uh, I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and man, like I'm excited for more Moon Knight. I'm excited for that Penguin show coming up. So I, I had to get it out of the way because we haven't had a chance to actually talk talk about it uh, other than me just shooting you random messages <laughs> about Batman being a fucking detective. Uh, yeah, so weird. Uh, you would never think that were most of the films. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love angry, brooding, just I'm going to jump down and beat the shit out of everyone, Batman. But I, I love the fact that they they were like, hey, bro, he is a detective. 
Look at him. He knows if he goes in there, he's going to have to fight everybody. Let's send Selena Kyle in instead. Put this weird ass contact in her and talk, talk to her in her ear. <laughs> like, that's some Batman ass yeah. shit. I was like, reckless. yes. Yes. <laughs> it's great. It's reckless, like doing a over rotated Phoenix splash off the top of a ladder and then just hitting your fucking face on the mat. Um, oh, wait, that's wrestling related. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll, uh, well, unfortunately, from, from that, uh, we can actually say that Sammy Guevara did actually hurt his neck from that fall, so hopefully he's not going to be out too long. But that was the biggest woof of the week compared to, thank God Bobby Lashley didn't hurt himself by hitting the rope on that uh, house show over in Europe because him and Drew hit him at the same time. They got those fucking normal rope, you know, uh, style rings instead of the steel ones. And they fucking snapped him. Bobby Lashley did a, well, he did like a basically a three six or what? What, what is it? The six forty <laughs> to the outside. <laughs> Thank God didn't get hurt, yeah. especially since his shoulders already fucked up. So, oh man, I guess both of those could yeah, have been worse. Yeah, poor guy just. Yeah, poor guy just went ass over tea kettle, and I'm sure Vince fired like seventeen people because of this. But it was really scary to watch that video, like. Um, I'm, I'm happy that Bobby's not hurt. I mean, he's supposed to be out getting shoulder surgery at some point, and he came back to do that mania. And I thought he was going to be gone after mania, but now he's like in this feud. And that being said, why the fuck is he doing house shows? <laughs> like, this is the kind of shit that can happen know. if you have big stars doing house shows that are already injured. Like, uh, I don't know. It's it's wild to watch for anyone that hasn't seen it. It's um, because it was a house show. There's not like WWE quality filming. Well, we'll say quality in quotations, uh, depending on if you hate shaky cams or not. But it's it's more just like crowd footage of it. But basically, the top rope just explodes, and uh, him and McIntyre are both hitting them at the same time, coming back towards each other. But he hits it kind of slightly after Drew, and I guess those two big bodies. Uh, the ring went fucking full Finn Balor demon <laughs> mode and just kind of exploded. Um, really scary shit. Yeah. Um, I don't even know, man. It's 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 uh, pretty crazy that that happened. But like we said, glad that Bobby Lash is okay in reference to the Sammy Guevara thing. I hope he's fine. That sucks that he hurt his neck. You know, with Sammy, man. We a lot of people, and it's understandably so. I don't know how the hell there's a difference. I guess it's because Darby uh, has some stuntman experience, and like even the the stuff where he gets tossed on the stairs, he knows how to do it in a way, like because he was actually trained by people in that aspect, and he definitely utilizes a lot of that knowledge. Sammy is fucking reckless sometimes, and I really hope he's fine. And uh, Maybe he just takes it easy, leaves a little bit of that type of shit for, especially since the match wasn't even that great anyways, like save some of that for the fucking pay-per-views, man. And, you know, it's a little bit of Scorpio's fault, obviously, because obviously they're trying to do something. But, I mean, it's also the fact that Sammy likes to do, you see him right beforehand, Chris, I'm crazy. And then he does something crazy. It's like, just calm down. You don't have to do a fucking 360 to the outside through a table when someone gets out of the way and shit. You know, yeah, it's it's I think one of the primary differences between Darby and a lot of other people is he's not trying to do Phoenix splashes or 450 splashes like his 
dives are just that they're dives or his coffin drop is just that it's just like i'm gonna land flat on my back or diving forward either way where sammy's kind of doing a movement once you start flipping you just kind of have to hope everything is (laughs) in the right place um yeah that was a scary moment as well that whole i mean i guess we'll get into it as we get into the show but I, i i think uh Maybe a little bit of a break for Sammy is not necessarily a bad thing. Absence makes the heart grow fonder because uh, how the hell did this man turn heel by basically getting a new girlfriend? (laughs) I'm still lost on how Sammy Guevara was suddenly a heel in American team. American was an American Academy fucking fight Academy. American team top team, something like that. Yeah, which is weird because they're actually over there. I don't know if you've been on Pleasant Hill, but their dojo is like right next to a board game. It used to be a comic store, but now it's like a full board game location right before you get to Gwinnett Place Mall. So I did not know that. Um, so I should know their fucking name better, but I, I don't. Um, American Top Team. Right, right. So, yeah, uh, it's crazy that they're baby faces. I mean, people love Scorpio Sky anyways, uh, but. Man, people really don't like Ty Conti. I think that's what I sit you. I was like, what the hell happened? People just really hate Ty Conti. And I know it has a lot to do with uh, Sammy Guevara's previous relationship that they kind of had on air with the in-ring engagement and such. But I don't keep up with these vlogs and shit. So if I'm supposed to hate Sammy Guevara, like, I need someone to give me a rundown of why I should <laughs> hate him. I, I, I think the there's a portion of the crowd, you know, the whole jealous claim they used in the heel promo i mean I, I feel like maybe some of those fans those diehard fans are a little bit frustrated I, I i could believe uh you know that might be a thing but i don't know the whole scorpio going kaz thing i feel like that's going to lead to a certain direction i don't think this whole scorpio sky baby face or heel turn has really done him well i hope what actually happens is next week afterwards ethan and whoever start beating the shit out of uh, Kaz after uh, Scorpio successfully defends his title and then Scorpio stops them. And then it's kind of like a me or you type of thing. And then they hit Scorpio from behind and you can have Ethan page just as a singles guy with Dan Lambert going forward. Cause they should be fucking heels. There's no reason even page Van Zandt. If you want to get her involved in all this, which you are, I would rather as a heel. Uh, we got, we, we, a lot of people smile and shit. You know, I'm I'm done with smiles. <laughs> yeah, I, when we get into the actual match itself, I'll have more to say about uh, the storyline. But uh, like I said, I don't think that, I mean, it's it sucks that Sammy's hurt. Hopefully he's okay. Um, if it's going to put a little bit of a hold on this storyline, I, I don't, it's not going to hurt my feelings any. Nope. Well, uh, since we're talking about not the greatest uh, news. Let's keep on that route and just get it out of the way because, unfortunately, last night found out there was another round of people um, let go from uh, NXT specifically. Uh, Vince and, and 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 company weeded out some people he thought that he could get rid of. Uh, I would say, for the most part, it's four people specifically that I'm like, all right. You know, I'm sure every everyone else will do fine if they want to, you know, stay in this in this industry and, and keep forward. And I've seen some of them even say that 
type of stuff. Like, all right, well, I'll go and I'm going to get better. Like, I love this industry. You know, a lot of these guys were athletes, you know, or, or, or from some other field um, that were thrown into this stuff. So I want to definitely talk about, you know, like I said, those four people that I think a lot of people kind of were like, what? But also Paige. And I don't even remember some, some of these guys were just in, you know, training or, or making their, their TV debut by like one match or, or something like that. Also, I don't watch a shitload of NXT 2.0 anymore. Uh, but Paige, uh, Prince of Valia, uh, Vash Kanya, Draco Anthony, Persia Parada, who is Indy Hartwell's best friend and tag partner, uh, Raylene Devine, were all let go. And the biggest ones, Chris. Ex NXT uh, Women's Champion, or wait, no, she—I don't think she ever got the championship. Tag Team Champion, I should say. Dakota Kai, Manager Malcolm Bivens, uh, Stokely Hathaway, uh, Dexter Loomis, also known as—oh man, I'm blanking on his name. I believe it's Stan something, but from Impact fame, but the tragic, creepy artist. Um, and then Harland, uh, aka Parker who was ex-football uh, player in college, collegiate wrestler in high school. Um, you know, he's been there for about, I think, a year and a half. Training, a lot of people saw potential. Uh, one, including, because it makes a lot of sense, Paul Heyman, uh, because of his resemblance to Brock Lesnar, and he had the gimmick of Harland, who was, I guess, supposed to be a Kane type of character, since he didn't talk. I'm not really 100% sure. 2.0 is terrible, uh, and the last remaining people that I like are now either getting released, it seems, or going to the uh, Tarar SmackDown to find out what the fuck they can do. But, um, you know, this is uh, unfortunate news again, um, but I really think those four, whether it be an Impact or whether it be an AEW, will be fine. And I would not think it's weird, I told you this, if Stokely Hathaway becomes... Uh, his best friend, MJF, uh, manager, uh, and makes it over to AEW because he's a great old school manager. If you've watched Evolve and some of the other wrestling products he was on uh, before becoming uh, Malcolm Bivens on NXT. Yeah, I, I was surprised by Malcolm Bivens because I thought that he's done a good job even in NXT 2.0 of getting himself over as that character. And he was, wasn't he? He was just had a big segment on the last, from what I remember, the last NXT episode that I watched. I don't know if it was this week or last week. Uh, also, really surprised on the Dexter Loomis. I mean, they spent so much time with that character. He's fucking, isn't he married to one of the characters on the show still? Like, Indy Hartwell uh, lost her best friend, Persian Parada, and her, her husband, Dexter Loomis, in one release thing one foul swoop which is weird and i don't necessarily i haven't necessarily cared for the dexter loomis character um uh, part of that is some of the decisions they've made with that character over the years i guess it is years at this point plural um but it, it is surprising because they don't really have a ton of people his size and and have been there that long to get rid of like they start they're cutting all of these people down on the nxt 2.0 show and I mean, realistically, that roster's kind of been wiped out over the past, let's say, year, year and a half. 
So getting rid of someone like Dexter Loomis, who's kind of, he can be used as an intimidating person and, and put into heavyweight situations as needed. And I think rotated in and out if they used him correctly. I don't necessarily know that he's, you need to book the show around him, but uh, those two were very surprising to me. Persia, Persia was surprising as well, just because she's a body and they can throw her in the women's tag division. Like how many people are even left in WWE as a company, as a female wrestler at this point? I don't they know, man. Four sets. They have both women's tag team titles, the NXT tag titles, the, the WWE women's tag team titles, and then the Raw and SmackDown titles. Um, and they may have like 20 women on their roster without me actually pulling it up across all three brands. Yeah, man. It's crazy. What about uh, speaking about women's wrestlers we've all enjoyed her journey i would say in nxt and she's had a weird ass modern concept that was of course probably given to her by bruce pritchard and uh, company of talking to an invisible friend then randomly won the titles with raquel gonzalez before they changed her name and sent her to raw and now she's let go never got the nxt title champion obviously i think twice um but i mean do you put her in aw who's their women's division is starting to flourish and grab a lot of the people that are great or, or pop or possibly uh, impact who already has a great uh, women's division. Oh, it's so hard to say with AEW simply because they're going to be doing the stardom crossover. Um, I would say yes. Isn't Dakota, is Dakota Kai uh, who married Keith Lee or am I confusing two people? Yeah, no, she's the uh, she tagged with um, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, the uh, one from Australia. Well, I think she's from New Zealand. Uh, skinnier, she dyed her hair pink, started acting crazy. She was a heel. She turned on Raquel. Made this ringing a bell. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying to remember who uh, who was in the relationship with Keith Lee. They even kind of talked about it on NXT at one point. I think in real life, it was uh, Jade. Um, there uh, it is. Okay. Yeah, we're not talking. She's already she's already gone. She got released last time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I, w- I think I was putting two different people into that relationship. But uh, Dakota Kai is a good wrestler. I mean, they used her for quite a while against Io Shirai, etc. She never really got a title run, but was enjoyable. And then what what did they do? They threw her in Retribution randomly. Nope, she never went then, to Retribution. Who the hell was in Retribution then? Mercedes Martinez and Jade. Uh, whatchamacallit, I can't remember what her her name is. Keith Lee's wife. Um, okay, yeah, see, I'm confusing. See, I'm going to... It's not, it's not even my fault. This is Chris's fault that I'm forgetting her name. So I'll look it up and find out what her name is because I feel bad. But he's he's adding people to this whole entire concept in his head. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's my fault because I keep confusing Dakota Kai with Jade. So Mia Yim. Uh, yes, oh, okay. Yes, I am confusing Dakota Kai with Mia Yim, which is completely my fault. Um, but Dakota Kai was, was, I mean, she was in that title picture for a long time because she was like going against Shingo Baszler, which seems like forever ago. Um, yep, for the title and in a bunch of three-way matches and such on NXT. It's I mean 
that one's not as surprising, I guess, is like someone like Dexter Loomis, just because they put so much effort and built so many storylines around Dexter Loomis. But yeah, yeah, the, the, just in general, the idea of WWE releasing women at this point is kind of shocking because they're they're having to like call anyone they can to do a Royal Rumble with 30 people, basically the entire roster plus bringing in like 10 additional people. Um, it's it's just weird that they would, you know, go that route, but. What I mean, at this point, it's it's more surprising when WWE doesn't release people every two or three months. Like I'd be surprised if like we get to August and they don't do a bunch more releases. Yeah, it's fucking nuts, man. Uh, I th- what about how do you feel about Harlan? Because on you know if you follow Parker Bardot on Twitter, he's like he seems like he's like all right, fine. He's like, I'm going to fucking climb wrestling wherever way I can go. He's like, I'm invested in this. Like, I think Impact would actually be a good place for him to kind of like, or maybe MLW, maybe Japan. Um, If he's really interested in this, I just don't know why they made him quiet, didn't have him wrestle at all. He's been involved in this, this whole thing with Joe Gacy that's building up to a championship match for Joe Gacy against Braun Breaker, which is not where I thought they were going with that. I thought that that was actually going to be Harlan, but uh, I think that Parker actually has um, a lot of potential, but we haven't been able to see it past potential because he literally didn't talk, didn't wrestle. Like, I I, I don't get it. I really don't. He was literally a bred athlete that more was a part of football in college and shit than even wrestling. It seemed like Vince would love this guy, but he turned him into a mute undertaker, basically. Yeah, like they basically they did the Lars thing. They shaved his fucking eyebrows, his head. I mean, it's a good. He's a good looking guy when he's got hair and eyebrows. And then they just throw <laughs> him in with Joe Gacy, and they're like, "All right, here, here's this." So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I've seen him wrestle before WWE at some point because I know like he was kind of working indies there for a while uh, before doing the NXT performance deal. But it's just completely crazy to me because like. As much shit as they have on that show in Green Wrestlers that we never even saw like a squash match out of this guy, or at least one Bobby that I can Wagner. remember. Oh, fucking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like they took this guy, they shave his fucking eyebrows, shave his head, make him look like a goddamn goof. Like I said, looks like a that character. Was it Lars, the dude that I said looked like a used condom? Lars that, Sund- actually, Sullivan, yeah, or Gene Snitsky. When he went fucking yeah. bald. They they did that to the poor guy. And then they're like, all right, dude, we know we fucked you all up, but like you're fired. <laughs> like, um, look, I know get going to WWE is a big opportunity for a lot of people, but if they tell you they're going to shave your eyebrows and head, just tell them to get fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just be like, nah, I'm good. Because <laughs> apparently they're going to fire you anyways. So not many people can pull that off like Whoopi Goldberg, you know, it's not an every person type of thing. And she only does her eyebrows, you know, so um, yeah, is, I don't is, People is look hard... really weird without eyebrows. They don't have expression. <laughs> yeah, it's like if he goes, if he's going to start working the indies in 30 days, is he going to start drawing on eyebrows? Like, Poor right? bastard. <laughs> 
poor fucking guy. And like, like I said, it's 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 hard to judge him because we never really saw him in any programs, just the vignette stuff, right? Like I don't remember any matches with Harlan. Me neither. Um, uh, maybe he's the drizzling shit. So I don't. <laughs> I mean, it is possible that he's just not yep. very good. Uh, but it just seems kind of. I don't know. Like uh, he seemed like kind of a can't miss. You have people like Omos and other giant people that aren't great in the ring that you can find something to do with. Right. Uh, seems far fetched. Either he pissed somebody off backstage or there, or he is just bad. I guess we will find out. I'm sure he will show up on like somewhere. Like you said, uh, I mean, there's plenty of places, MLW, uh, you got impact, you got control your narrative. <laughs> like, uh, Marlon, stay away from control your narrative. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but you get what I'm saying. There's tons of places yeah. he could show up, even somewhere like Black Label Pro, etc. I, I just haven't seen enough of the guy wrestle to have an actual opinion. I'm just surprised because... He kind of fits that mold, and when he was coming in, everyone's like, this guy could be the next Brock Lesnar, just based on his athleticism, size, and look. And, and then they completely changed his look and threw him in, in with Joe Gacy and then just, like, fired him. So, I don't know. NXT is so fucking weird. WWE in general is weird, but NXT is even in a weirder spot because they have... Uh, they have very minimal characters that I actually care about on screen at this point <laughs> aren't doing a good job of building anyone else. And then are also firing people. So, yeah. And then like a lot of them are going up and you got someone like LA Knight who has a shit ton of potential and it looks like he's going to manage uh, mace. Uh, so if Joe Gacy, if that's true and then Joe Gacy ends up on the main roster somehow and is not a manager, I'm going to fucking throw a brick out my damn back window because I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. Like, I mean, I know he's older, but Damian Priest is about the same age. How the fuck did Vince not think of L.A. Knight as being someone with potential? I don't get it. Because, you know, he doesn't give a fuck if you're that structured of a wrestler. And I'm not saying L.A. Knight is isn't that great of a wrestler. He's kind of bare bones, but great character, great look, muscular, and he might be managing Mace. Like he has been yeah. on fucking uh, what, what the hell that show is. Um, their their Hulu week weekend show Saturday you know, night's I main thought, event. Yeah, I thought the super the show Vince Superstar. would be. I don't know. What the, <laughs> I thought I thought that Vince would be more into Drake when he came over because he does have a lot of similarities to Mr. Anderson, both in the way he works in the ring and uh, the ability to cut promos. I thought they would have done way more with him, but it's a weird time in that company. Obviously, and I know they're trying to get younger, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. They've completely tanked NXT to the point where we have substituted it with Impact, <laughs> which when we started the show five or six years ago, <laughs> I never thought we would fucking say that. But this is where we're at with NXT. Uh, so none of this is surprising. Like when when someone like if you would ask me six years ago, I'd be like, uh, "What show do you want to watch? You want to watch Impact or NXT?" The answer would have been very obvious. Now we've had to make a conscious decision of not going over that show and talking about Impact instead, which is 
kind of fucking crazy to think about, but that that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Just weird times. And uh, speaking about impact, let's get into it. The next thing that we should definitely talk. To, I think it's this the best transition you could possibly do. Um, so we had rebellion, and I have to say, I did like a good chunk of this. My biggest issue with this pay per view, though, Chris, was the tag one. I don't know if it was just maybe dates didn't work, but if you were going to introduce the Briscoes coming up, maybe try to have them a part of this. It just seemed like some of those tag teams were makeshift as fuck. I mean, they put um, back together. I forgot what the hell they're uh, Ziggy Dice and um, uh, Johnny Swinger, for Christ's sakes, like in this. So we ended up going back, finalize the storyline that no one gives a fuck about anymore with Heath and Rhino against Violent by Design, and that's what it really became about. And you didn't have the Motor City Machine Guns. You didn't have uh, Grills of Destiny popping up, who have been a part of this whole entire storyline and everything. You didn't have uh, the Bullet Club at all in this, and you didn't have the Briscoes. So just getting going, starting off, that was my biggest pet peeve about this pay-per-view, was that long fucking gauntlet match tag team thing that I thought was kind of like, meh. Am I being a dick, Chris? You can tell me if I am. Maybe I haven't had enough fucking coffee. I don't fucking know. I don't think I don't think you're being a dick. You're pointing out very big things that make sense. I, I don't know why the hell why even do this match if you aren't gonna have some of your top te- tag teams there and in the ones you've actually been promoting on the show, like you said, Bullet Club being, you know, Chris Bay and Jay White, um, Motor City Machine Guns, etc. Et or the Briscoes who show up on the Thursday show, because uh, they that's their first episode and and did the big taping and you had them on the last pay-per-view it's just kind of weird i agree with you it wasn't a bad match but it was just kind of long for what it was and who was there and uh you're they trying to build up heath and rhino and then we get to the thursday show and they just get fucking i mean i I don't know i don't want to say squash but they get beat by the they get fed to the briscoes right like right off the the bat so it's like why would you not just have the briscoes debut on the pay-per-view uh, but you know, impact going to impact. And also when I was making comparison between old NXT and current impact, I want people to remember one, how good old NXT was <laughs> and two, Scott Demore has fucking turned that company around. Impact has been really, really good as a play. So I wasn't just taking a shot at impact to take a shot at them. It was just, uh, it's kind of no, funny I, I, back in the spectrum of time. I would assume people know that because that is completely true. Scott Demore has made not, I mean, it kind of was like a feeder system for a little while, but I mean, he's definitely kept some more structure and integrity within that company. And they did what they could during the pandemic, even starting up again, you know, not at the beginning, but obviously coming back and just, you know, trying to just give a good wrestling show. And uh, NXT was <laughs> to me that my favorite, it went from like that's the thing. It went from my favorite wrestling show to watch to I don't even want to watch whatever the fuck this is. I would rather these guys try to do something on the main roster than have to watch this fucking show. And most of my favorites are leaving one way or the other. So there you go. But Chris was not taking shots yeah. 
at fucking Impact. So don't worry <laughs> about it, Scott. We still love you and your Canadian ass. Sexy. Yeah, yeah. I just I thought I needed to point it out because it, depending on how you listen to it or heard it, it could be like, oh, he's shitting on Impact while shitting on NXT. And that was not... I'm just saying, like, five years ago, NXT was... Even talking, if you go back and listen to our archives or whatever, we that was our favorite show to talk about. <laughs> so it's just crazy how, how the great have fallen and, and how some companies have risen. Like uh, Impact in general, I think, has been really, really good, especially over the last six months or so. It's been good shit. So I just thought I needed to get that out of the way because we are shitting on this tag match <laughs> to start the pay-per-view. Yeah, no, I completely get it. Um but yeah, let's we'll 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 get there. We'll talk a little bit more about it. But I just got out my uh, my uh, annoyances at least with this whole entire thing. Um, pre-show had two good matches on it. Kenny King defeated Crazy Steve, and then uh, because I think Jonathan Gresham caught COVID or had some other medical issue, maybe I'm pretty sure it was COVID. Um, Chris Bay took the spot. The Edwards. This was dropped off the main uh, bill. And uh, I think that the original match was supposed to be on here was the X Division match. If not, I don't remember. There was supposed to be another match on here, put it on the show. But Eddie Edwards went against Chris Bay. They had a good match. Eddie Edwards won. So honor no more. Beating up some more Impact guys. Crazy Steve for Kenny and uh, Chris Bay for Eddie in the uh, pre-show. Mr. Uh, Christopher. Oh, shit. I turned to Peter Griffin. Me. <laughs> I wouldn't have Chris Bay losing <laughs> in general. I think he's one of the brightest potential future stars they have if he's going to stick around. Um, but these matches were pretty decent. But that that's the my one takeaway is like, I don't know. After watching Chris Bay with Jay White working against the Motor City Machine Guns and uh, what is he, the... Uh, the, the, the natural, it's not natural born finessa, it's something else, but it, it is a reference to two chains, which I fucking love. I mean, the guy's fucking incredible. Like, those two matches they had with Motor City Machine Guns, uh, up there is some of my favorite shit I've seen in Impact, and I really have become a Chris Bay fan, so uh, I wouldn't have him losing anyone. He'd be like my next top star if I was running that company. Yeah, just like someone like an Ace Austin, he's definitely someone to look for in the future showing up uh, outside of Impact and doing a lot of Impact by himself. He has been building himself up for the last probably two or three years, and I've enjoyed his journey for sure. Uh, let's start off the show itself, and this will kind of bring us to one of the news items. Uh, so we had the Influence, and they went against the Influence, Madison Rain, and Tennille Dashwood, the the uh, Knockout World Tag Team Champions, uh, going against the Inspiration, a.k.a. the Iconics, uh, Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay. Uh, they had – oh, this was also on the pre-show. I didn't realize this as well. I'm sorry. Um, so they had a pretty good match, actually. I thought that it was entertaining. And uh, the influence won over, so they still have the belts. So Madison Raid and Tennille Dashwood are still champions. And then we found out a couple days ago, uh, I believe it's Jesse McKay. She's going to be uh, trying out for some television show. I, I don't know. It just seems like that might have contributed towards this. But both of them decided to temporarily retire and step away from pro wrestling. 
I heard that both ladies got some type of acting roles and I, I don't know exactly. Maybe they want to start families. I don't know even if they have kids. Um, so we'll, we'll find out, but that sucks. Cause they're, they, they obviously more so than their in-ring stuff. They always kind of reminded me, uh, their, their, their style of humor, kind of like how Ed and Edge and Christian used to feed off each other, you know, when they were doing the kazoos and fucking, uh, trying to make Kurt Angle pop in real life and shit like that. They just had great chemistry with each other. So if they step away, that's, you know, that's, that's what they want to do. That maybe they're starting families. Maybe they have other projects, other avenues, but it would be nice to see them come back. So just wanted to mention that as well. Yeah, I mean, as an actual female tag team, a legitimate tag team, right? Uh, to me, because they that's what they are. They're an actual fucking tag team. Um, has there been a better female tag team? Not just two random people thrown together than the uh, Iconics? When it comes to actual tag teams and not a makeshift one, you got a good argument with that. I can't... I, I don't know. Yeah. it's a good point. It's just... It, it kind of sucks because I just put over their fucking promo from on last week's show and then this week they're leaving because I love that they kind of t- threw in that like this match is going to be iconic and like kind of jokingly and I thought their promos have been pretty good. It, you know, once again, it's just the, having a women's tag division. There's not enough love given to it, though. Impact is has done a better job. Um you know, at least having two two highlight tag teams that you can build shows around, but also putting in like uh, Tasha Steeles and Savannah uh, Evans, people that would make sense in a tag team together doing tag team stuff. So there's a little more focus on it and impact, but them losing the uh, the iconics that that does suck. But I mean, good for them, man. If they got better opportunities or things that they want to do in their life, I appreciate the way that they stepped away. They didn't full on say, hey, we're retiring and never coming back to wrestling ever again kind of thing. They were just like, hey, we're just going to go pursue other things and other avenues. Uh, it actually kind of reminds me of what the Bella Twins did originally when they left uh, WWE for the first time. So, you know, not burning any doors down with fans of wrestling or, or companies. They're just like, hey, we need to step away. And um, At least they didn't win the titles and then decide to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Uh, and also, I mean, another hit, too. Um, we haven't heard that much information about it, so that's probably a good thing. But uh, Tasha Steeles from the last episode of Impact, her match against Decay, she fucking got a pretty bad concussion. So we've always been putting over the women's division, but obviously they have been taking some hits. And uh, with the Iconics leaving, uh, that does suck. Uh, but they still have a big flourish women's division it seems like ty conti is going to be sticking around for a little while so that's 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 good uh or, or not ty conti uh ty valkyrie ty conti how the fuck did i do that anyways but you know what i'm saying chris uh but yeah shit not a good week for the women's division and impact when it came to the news yeah, it really sucks about Tasha Steele's getting hurt because I was super enjoying the stuff with her and Rosemary, and she's been kind of a a new standout for me in the past few months with her feud with uh, Mickey James, etc. She's been very entertaining to watch, so hopefully she's not gone for too long. Um, but yeah, like like you said, uh, 
they're taking hits, but they're also trying to build new talent and, and uh, like, I don't know, is Masha Slamovich going to be thrown into the title mix now? Like, they have other characters that I'm interested in that I think are pretty good workers. So, uh, the better be Masha Slamovich. <laughs> One of my wife's favorite wrestlers, just because it's it's so ridiculous, but it is a great character. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, at least they're still building new females like what i would like to see them do is now if tasha stills is going to be gone for a while let's let's continue to see savannah get pushed right in her absence and then maybe when she comes back you can build that feud up but that sucks and, and definitely well wishes and hopefully she's able to make a quick recovery doesn't have like concussion syndrome or something really shitty because you never know yeah. with concussions it could be like a two-week thing or it could be like uh six or seven months we've talked about this on the show before like it's affects people differently depending on the degree of concussions and i think my primary example i've always used is Sidney crosby the hockey player who was basically out for almost a full year with concussion syndrome and stuff so it, it's always scary um, when this kind of shit happens absolutely um so yeah definitely hope that Everything's okay with Tasha, and hopefully no news, I think, is good news at this point. If you find out something's bad's happening, it's usually directly when fucking information gets out there. So we'll find out. But uh, let's start the main uh, card itself. Getting off the pre-show, we first started off with a match between Steve Macklin, Chris Sabin, and Jay White. Uh, and this, honestly, was like... Because he's been doing good, man, and you know he was part of the the Forgotten Sons, and he had other tag teams and and NXT. Steve Macklin, this version, him coming out with the Punisher makeup, and I mean these guys were nailing each other. I actually thought the right guy won, and I like that this is adding on more so towards Jay White. I don't think Chris Sabin's. He's Teflon, man. I don't think that he's gonna. It's gonna matter if he takes a loss at this point. You know, he's got that legend type of concept growth to him. But Jay White, he takes the pin in this. You know, this adding to his losing streak. Uh, but Steve Macklin, I like the promo he cut on Impact, the little pre-tape they did. Uh, you know how he's kind of like this military dude, but he's got an edge, and he kind of is embracing what he had the face paint on as is this Punisher concept. I thought these guys had an excellent opening match. It wasn't anything long or anything like that. Probably less than 10, 10 minutes. Um, let me see. 11 minutes and 50 seconds. But still, good match between all three guys. And Chris Saban was the glue that kept this match together for sure. Yeah, I mean, he did a good job of in-ring directly. I think Steve Macklin has gotten a lot better. Um, and I enjoy the fact that he's this, this entire storyline is kind of built around him. Like whose side is he on? And he's basically on no one's side <laughs> from honor. No more the new Japan guys or impact and, and like no one trusts him, but he, he's actually kind of the good guy if you think about it. So the idea of him doing like a punisher type character does make a lot of sense. I thought it was cool. Like you said, I thought it was really cool. Um, good match. Most matches with Chris Saban and, and Jay White are. <laughs> I'm not surprised that Jay White ate the pin here, though, because they're obviously going to start using him in AEW to build up to that New Japan show. So there's 
maybe a conflict of interest there if he's um, getting pushed in impact to any high level. Yeah, there definitely could, man, uh, with that. And we'll have to find out what happens going forward. But just a really good opener, I think, to start off things. And uh, I would say, man, I mean, a majority of these matches, I'm looking at the lineup, all pretty solid. I, I mean, I, I I had problems with the elimination tag team thing, but the match itself was fun. So it was a pretty good card, but let's get to the next match. For the uh, the Reynas Del Rey's AAA Championship, uh, Taya Valkyrie won against Deanna Prazo. Uh, I thought the ladies worked together well. We know that they've had other matches in Impact before Taya left and when, obviously, Deanna first came there. And uh, they have good chemistry. Uh, I re- this match, I, I, I don't remember a hell of a lot, honestly, on details since it was last weekend and um, I caught a lot of the, the preview at the beginning, showed a lot of the highlights, so I was able to remember a lot of the later matches, but I, I unfortunately did miss some of the highlights for this. But from what I remember, it was a good match, and uh, Ty Valkyrie ended up winning, which is what I kind of said that was going to happen. Nine-minute match. She is now the AAA Reynas Del Reynas Championship again, and it looks like she wants to go for the Impact title. She wants her knockout championship again, so she's trying to get back the two titles that she had for a while before going to NXT that would inevitably do absolutely nothing for her. Um, shit happens, I guess, but just like Deanna Prazo, but Deanna took a hit. There's a good chance she's going to lose to Mercedes Martinez for that ring of honors women's championship because she's not really in ring of honor. Um, so kind of similar situation with your Jay white concept. Uh, but still she's a badass and one of my favorite female wrestlers right now. The, one of my favorite wrestlers in the business, but, since there's separated divisions, you know, you kind of look at it like that. But uh, what do you think about this match, Chris? Well, I'm going to first, I'm going to concur with you. I think Deanna, as far as American female wrestlers go, might be my favorite. Uh, if I had to pick one to start a company with, she would be very, very fucking high on that list, followed by maybe Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. So she's way up there for me as female wrestlers go in general. Um but yeah, I like this match a lot. I mean, they did work kind of a WWE style, but threw in some lucha and stuff, and it was fine. I don't know what they're doing with Diana. Maybe she's gonna have like a babyface run, chase the title for a while. Which, if that's what they're gonna do, I'm completely okay with that. She loses both belts, kind of has the heartbreak moment of that, and uh, is chasing titles for a little bit. I mean, we just. They impact itself just showed us like sometimes the chase is better than the actual title run. And we'll get into that a little bit of uh, in the main event, but uh, Deanna may be chasing the title for a while or chasing titles for a while. It's not necessarily the worst thing that you could do. No, I love that idea. Not only that, I mean, if you're going to lose two people, uh, when it comes to credibility and just like people that have been in obviously the industry longer than you, as great as Deanna is, I don't think Taya Valkyrie, ex, uh, you know, AAA uh, Reina Del Reina's champion, ex Knockouts champion, or someone like a Mercedes Martinez who's been everywhere, ex Stardom champion, or I think she's multi-time. Uh, you know, there could be worse people to have to lose to if you're such if you're a badass like Deanna Perrazzo is all I'm saying. Kenny had to do this, too, 
you know? Right. And I, I mean, it could be a situation where Deanna does just need a break from fucking flying to all of these various places and doing yeah. these shows. But I do think there is a, uh, you know, there is an upside to her losing both titles because the chase restarts, right? And uh, maybe you can do it. Like I said, maybe you could do a babyface turn or um, do some interesting things with Deanna. But I am going to miss her as, like, double champion, potentially trying to fight Britt Baker. Hopefully we do see that at one. At at some point we need that match, right? Deanna versus Britt. Um, yep. But, yeah. Uh, we'll see, man. I, I think it's interesting stuff, and I have absolutely no problem with Taya Valkyrie taking that title, or you know, if she loses to Mercedes Martinez, I have no problem with that either. Um, I wish I knew what her contract looked like because with Me too. you know AEW, <laughs> with AEW owning Ring of Honor now, it's like, well, if you can also sign Diana, she would be a great Ring of Honor Women's Champion, and that does set up things for like Britt Baker that you could do in the future would be very interesting. So with those being the unknown where we don't know her contract status, uh, if, if, if she drops both titles and they're going to do a chase for the titles, I still think that's a great storyline to tell. I completely agree with you. Uh, so we went on to another championship match after this awesome match, I think between Ace Austin, Trey Miguel and Mike Bailey. And we were right. You know, we, we, we doubted ourselves, but I think me and you both were like, Ace Austin, we really want to win this match. We just knew that they love Mike Bailey and they love Trey McGill with that championship, but he won and uh, definitely has some people nipping at his heels, I would say. First, Rocky Romero, who asked him to be a part of the, which I think is fucking awesome, uh, that the X Division champion and the fact that it's Ace Austin got invited to the Super Junior Tournaments for New Japan. And then also Rocky challenged him to a match to start off, uh, you know, his reign, which looks like it's going to happen. But Mike Bailey, who's still acting like they're best friends, even though he kind of fucked him over after Ace tried to build their quote-unquote friendship, um, he's in the wing too, smiling at Ace and uh, just letting him know that he's there still. I'm sure Trey's not that far away either, so... I thought all of this and the aftermath that happened on Impact involving it were great. I really liked the match. These guys are fucking crazy. What they their finesse levels are just absolutely ridiculous, especially Ace Austin and Trey Miguel. This was probably my second favorite match on the show. Really enjoyed it. I like the Ace Austin one. I think me and you, when we talked about this match when we were doing our preview, the biggest thing, I guess the you know, we always say Ace Austin's gonna win and he never does. So this time <laughs> He finally pulled it off. Uh, but my my biggest worry was, like, they really, really have been pushing Mike Bailey. Like, he just didn't he just pick up a win against Chris Saban? Yep. So, I mean, I, I thought there was an outside chance that he might get the title. But the fact that they're continuing the storyline, and like you said, he's almost being Ace Austin to Ace Austin, where he's, like, smiley and, and still happy and stuff. So I, that's fun, and and I enjoyed the shit out of this match. I, like I said, I think it was my second favorite match. My, my favorite match was uh, the main event, but uh, this probably was my second favorite match on the show. And it's good to see X Division have these kind of guys that are able to work this way, and I would absolutely love to see Ace Austin in, in the Super Juniors. So hopefully that comes to fruition. Yeah, I think that, I mean, depending on how Sammy feels, obviously. Oh, no, no, Scorpio has it now. Well, 
let's just say it would be awesome if the Super Juniors had maybe the two, uh, or or at least it, it, I know Ace Austin's gonna that that's gonna happen. They just kind of like I don't know why the fuck they'd throw that out on television. And, part of it um unless someone beats him and rocky actually wants yeah unless like i i you know unless something like mike bailey beats him in some time and then it's like i really want the champion i want ace austin as the x division champion in this and i think it would be really cool if the triple a or not triple a but the uh, tnt champion was represented in this as well just to kind of like throw some some flavor since obviously new japan has a relationship with both companies but i would if i was them i'd be taking advantage of that i mean the one person i would ask for if i was new japan doing a super juniors tournament is darby allen yes uh and get sting back in japan with darby allen i think that would be huge for new japan uh but but yeah, Ace Austin's a great get. Scorpio Sky, like you said, if he wants to do it, that'd be awesome. Um, lots of great talent. Really cool time to be a wrestling fan, Dane. Yes. <laughs> I mean, outside of NXT, it's <laughs> in firing people. It's there's a lot of good shit happening right now. I'm very excited for the future of wrestling at the moment. Yep, man. And now the Forbidden Door doesn't remind me about the tattoo I have on my lower back. Um, that I got a long time ago for some reason, but you know, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> fucking uh, speaking, speaking of which Lance storm was talking about how shitty that pay-per-view name was. And he didn't actually name who was talking about it. Cause he, he was the, uh, the head agent for the main event at this impact show. Cause he's back working with impact but on the Alvarez and Lance storm podcast. They were talking about forbidden door and how it was a sequel to behind the green door. <laughs> which is a famous, uh, famous porno from the late seventies. Actually, one of the first uh, starring Big Black Cock. I don't know another way to to put it. Kind of pornos. Wow, you, like you just huge... threw it out there. You rolled it out like it's <laughs> got lengths to it and shit. But there, but there's a there's a great documentary about the the star. I can't think of his name right now from Behind the Green Door. Um, it's it's very interesting. It, it shows up on Pluto TV sometimes on that documentary channel. Um, so if you can go and find that, check it out. But anyways, Lance Storm trying to talk about porno without talking about porno might have been one of my favorite things in wrestling <laughs> or around wrestling of the week. <laughs> I'm just uh, thinking of like, yeah, so like uh, there's, uh, there's this long uh, object uh, cylinder in nature. Uh, God damn it. Okay. I got to get that. <laughs> the, the, the best part is, is his dog starts like barking and stuff. And Brian's like, how come every time we talk about porn, your dog starts barking? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Check out those uh, two guys. Yeah, oh, it's, it's just great. Sorry. I had to put it over and, <laughs> but yes, for to put door, over porno, man. You know, <laughs> Forbidden Door, the title is a sequel to a porno. So uh, I think I think the wrestling world, I, I'm done with the term Forbidden Door. Can we can we let it be a dead term? Why don't we call this like New Japan versus AEW Super Brawl or something? I, I, I actually agree with Lance. And what about World War Two? Would that be a bad idea? Sure. 
No, it wouldn't be a bad no, idea. No, no, that was Any- a joke. That was a joke. You were supposed to go off on me because of that, because Japan went against U.S. and World War II. That was that. That was a really just – sorry, everyone. But didn't, uh, but didn't they already do a WCW versus uh, New Japan World War before? Super show or something. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> World War II. Uh, now that I think about that, it's kind of fucked up. Sorry. But it, I just assumed that WCW had done a world war. I think they have. World <laughs> War Three was their fucking stupid battle royal thing gimmick. Um, okay, God. that's probably what I'm thinking of. That's why I was like, well, yeah, sure, why not? Let's bring up WCW shit from the past. Yeah. Is it, Cody I, sending I needed your straight man comedy with me, and you just it went over your head. It Jesus. really did. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> This is a fun episode. All right, next match. Speaking about New Japan, Tomohiro Ishii uh, went against Jonah. My God, I did not see him winning this. Sense on the direction they're going for the next pay per view, um, but this is a fourteen minute thirty five. It's a, it's definitely you know a Haas match. It's got a lot of your standard um, Ishii you know style match, but. I mean, the biggest thing was that Jonah was able to take this fucking bowling ball and throw him around like a goddamn, you know, old tire. But that also Ishii was able to fucking brain bust Jonah uh, and inevitably win the match because of that. Like, that was absolutely nuts. Someone that is that short, I don't care how stout you are, should not be able to pick up a human being and stall suplex his ass into a brain buster. So, holy hit, holy shit. Holy hit. Uh, now I know why Ishii, who's making his like U.S. run right now, is going to be going against Josh Alexander after he beat Moose on Impact. Like It just makes sense at this point. Yeah. I mean, not to bring it up again, but uh, Storm and Alvarez were talking about Ishii, and they pointed out a good thing that I didn't think about during this match. Because he's known as the Stone Pitbull, so like his, known, his no-sell and, and comeback is kind of bigger than what else he does in the match a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is really good at selling <laughs> when he is getting his ass kicked. He's really great at it. And that was, uh, as, as we saw here, but yeah, the stalling brain buster was fucking incredible. I have no idea how Ishii can do what he does in the ring. Um, and I will say Jonah has been great. And this was a nice change of pace, uh, from the PCO stuff, but it looks like we're going back to the PCO stuff based on w- what I saw on Thursday night. So sucks for him. I don't know how WWE fucked up Jonah, <laughs> honestly, because he was great there as well no in NXT. So I don't know. I did think it was funny when he got fired and then he just started playing golf <laughs> or whatever. Remember that? <laughs> I feel like maybe The Rock. You know, and Roman Reigns, the, the all the heads of the table, if you will, that are still alive of the Analoa family, they were like, you got to get rid of Samoa Joe and Jonah Rock. They got to go. We're the, the Polynesian primary family of the WWE, damn it. And they put their fucking fist in the air and Vince's like, no! I'm just kidding. This is a stupid fucking scenario. You got to cut me <laughs> off, man. Like, what the hell's going on? I think it's smoking much well, I mean, like. You know, like, here's the thing about getting rid of some of the people that they've gotten rid of. If you're tying it into the Antelope family, uh, somebody who needs fucking opponents is <laughs> Roman Reigns. <laughs> so, like, having a Samoa Joe there to go against the actual Samoan named Joe probably would have been a good idea. <laughs> but we digress. 
to some extent. We do. Here. We do. We definitely do. All right. Um, we we have the tag tournament. I'll list all the names of the teams. Jordan Grace and W. Morrissey was an awesome tag team, and I think you mentioned something about them collaborating. Uh, I didn't see that on Impact, but uh, the major players went next. Johnny Swinger and Ziggy Dice went next to get destroyed. Rich Swan and Willie Mack, which I've always liked them as a tag team. They were awesome in this. Good Brothers came out. Honor No More. Heath and Rhino. And then it would inevitably be, finally, Heath and Rhino versus Violent by Design for the titles. To end that storyline, uh, they lost. <laughs> and then they would lose again. So Heath and Rhino go back to the end of the line, I guess, you know. The whole, like, well, you didn't win in singles, and I, I fucking lost my title opportunity to Moose. Why don't I become a tag team again? Obviously worked out very well. <laughs> impact on the impact when it comes to that shit, too. Got to call that out. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I just was I was annoyed. Like, I love the idea of Jordan Grace and W. Morrissey in a tag team, but this could have been Impact being like, hey, look at our tag teams as well, and they put them and Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice in it and fucking – you know, who are going to lose anyways very quickly, but I'm just saying. But uh, I thought that Rich Swan and Willie Mack stood out, and I I mean, the major players obviously looked pretty good for their first time in this, you know, since now they're, they're together yeah. as all heels. Yeah, I mean, they set that up on last week's Impact. They did the major players, and they uh, Zach Ryder, uh, Matt Cardona came out and cut a promo, and Brian cut a promo, and... Chelsea was there and they fought uh, Guido full body or was the, the full blooded Italians actually showed up and it was a pretty yeah, good Yeah, little Guido. They had like, like some really great chain wrestling. And anyways, they set up the ass whipping at the end and Morsi came out to make the save. But then, you know, Chelsea Green hit him in the nuts and it looked like he was being overcame, like overcome by the odds. And then out comes Jordan Grace and like four inch heels fucking slamming motherfuckers it was great so i like they're building that into a storyline to go forward um if you're a person that just watches impact for the pay-per-views they didn't do a good job of like (laughs) showing you why that might be important to build back up to Uh, either morrissey getting the digital media championship or jordan grace getting it back from the dastardly matt cardona but it's great. Anytime you get Brian Myers and Matt Cardona together, it's it's pretty good shit. So I I, I enjoyed this. Um, but like you said, like as far as like tag team things go, I mean, where the fuck are the machine guns, etc. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen. I mean, the major players can stay, obviously, but you know, mostly machine guns. I don't need. You could have. Chris Saban didn't have to be in that three-way match. Alex Shelley's not even on this card. I'm just saying, uh, you know, and then there's the Briscoes. Like we said, you're going to introduce the next episode. I guess you don't really want them to lose, but still, I don't think that that would have, you could fucking do whatever with the Briscoes. And then, I mean, girls of destiny, we haven't seen them in the bullet club at all together since they threw them out on impact. So I don't know. It would have been cool to see all the big teams. I'm assuming some of that stuff is just up in the air, maybe with the exception of um, Anderson and Gallows, but like with Gorillas of Destiny, New Japan's probably just saving them because they're going to build up whatever they're doing for this 
AEW versus New Japan pay-per-view because like as far as tag teams go in, in New Japan, Gorillas of Destiny by far is like the standout. Yeah, so but maybe, once again, maybe it's a I protecting them we, kind of thing. I don't know. And unless you've heard differently, I don't know because Scott Demore, at least on his end, seems like there's going to be an active relationship with New Japan and both companies that that's not going to really hinder things. I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, I mean, New Japan did sign that contract deal with Access to get their show back on the air, which airs after Impact if you have Access. Uh, I don't. I don't know how that's going to work out. It, it's that, interesting that, that's because all I'm we saying. are seeing. We're seeing. We're definitely seeing a change of how they were booking people, though. Whether it's Jay White or Gorillas of Destiny, heading into whatever the hell AEW is going to be doing. So I, I don't know. At the end of the day, they're under full contract with New Japan, so they can just. I guess New Japan can just be like no. Yeah, but until I get that that type of confirmation, I'm not going to assume that both Impact and AEW are not having an active relationship with New Japan, especially something that's going to be in June, you know, so that's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I I wish they would do it just announce that it's going to be a two day pay-per-view for that, because I like like you're alluding to like. There are people from Impact I would like to see have matches with New Japan stars. Because my biggest fear when we talked about previewing that show is like, how many like five minute matches are they going to have <laughs> to try to squash all these people into one event? No one wants to see that at all. Like everyone wants to see some some amazing matches. See if that if if they only have one night, I would say that less is more. Honestly, I mean that's. You do you do as many hours you, as you can do without destroying the audience's. Uh... See, the thing is about here's the thing: if New Japan AEW have a show that goes on five hours on a Saturday, which is usually when they have their fucking pay per views, I'm not going to have that big of a problem with it, Chris. As if it's a WWE show that goes on for five fucking hours on a Sunday, which is what we usually get those long ass pay per views, usually Mania. In the past where it was a slog and we had to watch the whole entire thing and be up late as shit. So if you want to do like a five hour fucking bat, like including pre-show, badass show that has a lot of great matches, give them enough time. Hopefully it's like a Wrestle Kingdom is what I'm saying and not like a fucking uh, WrestleMania when they have their single nights. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Well, I would also say that Wrestle Kingdom can probably be one night if you take out all these fucking five-man matches, but they have a different business model <laughs> as far as, like, having to sell tickets to make money. They have money different from, like, bookers, WWE. too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, I agree with you. I'd rather have just five straight hours of really good shit um, than two days of bad stuff. The problem is, it's like, there would be there's so many good fucking matchups, especially if you're yeah. throwing in impact stars that you could do with New Japan coming over that that might actually need to be a two day show or at least a let's say quarterly, like every four months kind of thing. If you're going to build it out for a while, because, yeah, if, if, if you do fucking title versus title, 
you do Okada versus whoever the champion is at that point, that's going to be a fucking hour match or a 30 minute time limit draw, whatever they decide to do. So like, you're already going to lose an hour of the five hour pay-per-view. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, impact people or anything like that. I mean, I think that's the beauty of having a battle Royal and I hope they do do that because, you know, it makes a pre-show fun. AEW's known for doing it. New Japan's known for doing it with, obviously, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. So, and then you can see a lot of great stars, people that aren't on the card, and maybe a couple like, ooh, Chris Bay's here, or whoever. You know what I'm saying? Like, Great Mood and Sting have a stare off in it. Um, <laughs> I can dream, can I? Matt Cardona. <laughs> Matt Cardona comes out to Cody Rhodes' theme song with Arn Anderson as a manager. <laughs> oh my god, that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> we can dream. No, I think a battle royal is a good idea. Um, I would, you know, make. There's got to be some stakes of winning the battle royal, right? So, yeah. like, whoever you don't wins just get a fucking trophy for a year. You can challenge for any title. Any of the three, if Impact's going to be involved, challenge or any four, right? Because Ring of Honor as well, you can challenge for any of those titles. I think that would be that's actually a great idea that I hadn't thought about, Dane. That's it. whoever oh. wins can challenge for any of the titles within the four companies. That would be fucking incredible because then you can just decide on well, so and so needs a title shot here, kind of. Thing, oh, and which and is as far a great as, way to do it. Uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe uh, I, I didn't explain it well, but I don't think Impact's going to be at this pay per view because they're they're involved in this. I just think that when it comes to having wrestlers actively as a part of impact and also on AEW building up towards their pay-per-view, that that's still going to be available based on what, you know, Scott DeMore is saying and nothing saying differently. I I'm not saying impacts definitely going to have to be involved in this or anything like that, but there would be cool if there were cameos, if they were to do that. But Chris Bay would seem like a perfect person for that type of thing. Yes. Being part of the bullet club. Um, makes a lot of sense. With Jay White going to be... A, Jay White's for sure going to be on the show. Oh, yeah. Some He's going to have a match. He's definitely going to have something big. So, it, uh, yeah. I, 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 I concur with you. I'm just saying, like, if your impact don't get bullied <laughs> into booking, and also, if they are going to do that, make sure you get your fucking stars on this giant New Japan AEW pay-per-view. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, shit. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. It's in Chicago. It's not even in Japan. They don't have to do a long flight, so get some promoting. You've helped them out a lot. You're Just because it's a more fucking for their show to probably lose, or definitely is going to lose to Wardlow. I mean, I want to get something for it. Just because it's going to be in Chicago, I hope that it's that Punk wins the title and Okada gives him the fucking Rainmaker from hell. I'm tired of seeing Chicago at this point. Yep. Yep. Well, there, there, there's a rumor. We can actually talk about this. I forgot who was talking about it, but it makes a lot of sense. And I don't think, I, I don't know if the rumor holds weight from like someone big that broke it, but how it's really strategically placed or at least strange that they're having the New Japan, you know, uh, fucking pay per view in. Uh, which we call the New Japan AEW pay-per-view in Chicago. So a lot of people think now that Adam might actually win against CM Punk 
in Double or Nothing, and they could have maybe two championship matches instead of having the champions go against each other, potentially in Chicago. And that's when CM Punk takes the title from Adam Page. I don't know if I want that, uh, but... The... I, I would... That's such a fucking cop-out if they just do an AEW match and a New Japan match on the pay-per-view instead of giving us what we actually want. Dream matches. Be the builder of dreams. I, I, would, I would prefer a time-limit draw than just watching Hangman versus CM Punk in a rematch match. I completely agree with you. I th- it is weird, though. So, I don't know. I like my idea of Okada and, and Punk having a good match, and then Kenny comes out and fucks with both of them or something like that. Something to that extent. Maybe he has some, some words for both guys. As only Kenny I think it would be say. <laughs> I think Punk versus Okada could be hilarious because they might just do a Sean versus Brett Iron Man <laughs> match. It, what if they did that? Do you think that people would notice besides like diehards, like if they took most of the spots from that match and just played it out throughout the whole entire thing? That would be hilarious. I think they I think they easily could do it and no one would care. They'd just be like, This is awesome. <laughs> Because Punk's like last, they're like, Punk's matches have been really good. It's like, yeah, he is just doing Bret Hart matches. <laughs> <laughs> like minus some of the Lucha spots <laughs> recently. Outside of that, he's literally just doing fucking, he's open about it. He's like, yeah, I'm just doing Bret Hart spots. <laughs> yeah. You do. You, it, you it's do actually made me appreciate. <laughs> little Lucha and a little bit of Bret. And there you go. Those are your CM Punk matches. I'm, I'm not the biggest CM Punk fan in the world, as past listeners know, but uh, him just openly saying, yeah, I'm just doing Bret Hart matches, it's pretty fucking funny. I'm not going to lie. Because they've been good. That's the thing. It's like, it just kind of shows how good Bret is. But uh, Okada being a big HBK fanboy, it would be great to <laughs> for them just to start doing spots, like Sean and HBK spots. Or HBK and Bret spots, sorry. Nah, I agree. That would be fucking. That would be a lot of fun. Um, all right, let's uh, let's finish this up. Um, Tosh Steels, Rosemary had a good match, and I think it's a good opponent to go against Tasha Steels. They definitely had them squared off in a tag style when we had Kira Hogan uh, tag teaming and was champions with Tasha Steels against Rosemary and Havoc. So Rosemary's a good wrestler. This is a good win. And uh, Tasha Steeles came out dressed as Scar from Lion King. But I thought she looked, I thought that that was actually not the smartest idea. Because Tasha Steeles has something to her that this this kind of scariness, like, it reminds me almost of like a New Jack quality in her. Obviously not going completely down that route, but she's a badass. And I thought she looked like a teddy bear. Like, she was going for (laughs) Scar, and she looked like a teddy bear going against a fucking monster like Rosemary. So, you know, that's my only, uh, that's the one downside I will say about trying to do that. It was, it was cool. And I got your reference. Uh, actually I didn't get it until you told me in the interview, but whatever, you know, she won. So I guess dressing as a teddy bear wins scar, whatever. I, I, I agree with you. I was like, what the, why, what, what? (laughs) And then she explained it and I was like, oh, okay. 
I mean, Scar is a great bad guy in The Lion King. Not, not, not taking anything away from Scar. But she also, looked like she went to a carnival, though, and was like, make me a teddy bear. And that's what they drew on her face. I actually <laughs> did the you face with a scar on the eye. Okay, thanks. Look, I know Impact runs on a lower budget than most places, but if uh, <laughs> Tasha Steeles wants to be Scar, rent the fucking costume from the musical. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Like, you can just rent. Like, like, you can do Lion King the musical. Like, you can just rent the costume from the Broadway play. <laughs> Instead of just throwing her. She looks more like the cowardly lion. Like you said, like, it did look like she went to a carnival and just had someone, like, paint her face. Um, and now all I can think about is that YouTube video of the kid being like, I like turtles. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Yeah, but good win for her. It sucks that Tasha, like we said, hurt herself uh, in the follow-up match. So hopefully she's doing all right. Uh, that type of shit's scary. But Yeah, it sucks. I, I want the continuation of her and Rosemary, though, because I think that's an interesting storyline. And plus we get to see Havoc versus Savannah, which is also fun. So, yep. Uh, like this. All right, the the uh, main event for the Impact World Championship. We had Josh Alexander going against Moose. Um, it's a good match, man. I I, I really I, I know that Moose is big, he's taller, but he's kind of been a bitch heel in a lot of ways, doing stuff behind people's backs. And you know, I mean, he's he's had the championship for a while. He's beaten everyone's you know since he's had it, but. For him to, after what he did and how Josh Alexander basically almost murdered his ass, for him to like just squish Josh's face right at the beginning, just take his hand, just, Ugh, you know, I, I, I thought just showed a level of cockiness that was pretty awesome by Moose, but it wouldn't work out for him in the end. Josh Alexander won. I loved his son coming out with them and also celebrating with them and, and, and just by himself deciding that I'm going to go up on the ring post dressed as him. So that was pretty awesome. And um, Moose had a follow-up that he lost, and it looks like Ishii is going to be going against Josh Alexander. I really like Josh. He's kind of turning into, like, I hate saying this because I like Impact, but he's kind of someone just like Deanna Prazo that I like that they're doing what they're doing and that they're the top of where they are, but I hope to see them in other places in the future at the same time. And that kind of goes for Moose, too, but Moose is uh, definitely Impact through and through and uh i mean they treat him pretty well so i don't blame him but good match it could have been longer i think i actually think i I like the tv match i don't know maybe i'm just like smashing them both in my head since i watched them back to back but um what do you think about this match chris how do you feel about josh as champ and uh what can happen going forward for him well this was easily my favorite match of the night and um as far as Moose going forward, there's tons of things they could do with him. I hope they start getting Jonah involved in the main event picture. And like you said, Ishii's going to be there um, as the next opponent for Josh Alexander. Hopefully Gresham can come back over and do something with Josh Alexander. I think that would be really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, this match was incredible. They beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> they, they did stiff each other a little bit, but I thought they told a really good story. And they've been building this shit since October, whenever the hell Moose actually won the title. 
So this is like a long carrying storyline that I think they've done a good job of telling, even if some of it is very uh, shades of Samoa Joe going after AJ Styles family. Uh, But AJ Styles never speared (laughs) or no Samoa Joe never like choked out AJ Styles wife or anything. So I guess they they amplified it (laughs) a little bit, but it was fun seeing Josh get get an actual win not get screwed over after winning it. I mean, this is a big moment in his career. It was cool seeing his family there. And like you said, his kid dressed as him climbing the turnbuckle and stuff. It was a send the fans home happy. We told a good story for the past six, seven months. Great. I mean, I liked it a lot. I know that Lance Storm agented the match. So he helped design the match with Moose and um, and Josh Alexander. But good shit, man. My favorite match on the show. And I like storylines that go somewhere, and this storyline had a definitive finish. The baby face finally won. Even though they got kind of weird there where Alexander was trying to fucking kill Moose on <laughs> that one episode. But they they did do a good job of making me care about this match, and I think it played out into the match itself. And uh, Alvarez and Lance Storm were talking about Moose might be one of the best, if not the best, big guys in the business as far as like what he's able to do in the ring and shit and watching this match, it is kind of hard to make an argument against him. It was, it was really good. It's good shit. Yep. And that's why impact. I mean, the fact that Brian Alvarez is even keeping up with impact. Cause I know how he felt about it. Just like all of us, basically a couple of years back, just be, it, it is, it, it's, it's crazy how it really has become the thing in place of NXT uh, it's kind of taken that, I think, that placement, especially with Ring of Honor also being gone and out of the mix at least right now. But um, yeah, just uh, just just good stuff. I, I want there was three things though that we kind of we've talked about pretty much everything that was on the show, but I wanted to mention just just in general the Briscoes ended up winning against Heath and Rhino after it was set up, you know, basically with the champs violent by design in the ring and then. First, Heath and Rhino saying they won the match. And also then the Briscoes coming out, making their debut. We talked about it. Uh, but then they ended up beating them. And it looks like they're going to be the next ones in line for those titles against Final by Design. I'm assuming the Briscoes are going to win that. Uh, just makes sense. And then get them back involved, probably against the Good Brothers, Chris, I would say. I, I think that Matt, the, the, the initial feud against Final by Design has legs to it. So that might go two or three matches. Just because Violent by Design is a crew, so they can screw over the yeah. Briscoes. Um, but yeah, the end the end goal would be them versus Anderson and Gallows, and then hopefully them versus Motor City Machine Guns to reignite the feud that they had back in Ring of Honor, which is where I would go if I was booking it. And I'm sure Scott Demore and, and Lance and Co are probably thinking the same way. But um, I'm very excited to see Eric Young versus the Briscoes. <laughs> Or Hell yeah. whoever they whoever they rotate in there, Joe Doring's crazy ass. Um, I like Violent by Design a lot, so th- that sounds great. <laughs> I'm excited for that. As far as the match, like, uh, it was kind of weird because they they knew that the the Briscoes were going to get a huge pop and kind of be the baby faces regardless coming in. So you had Rhino and Rhino and Heath worked as heels, <laughs> which was weird in the match. It but, was, but it was, a, it was a damn good match. <laughs> like, uh, you get the big elbow drop from 
from Mark at the end, and they get the cover, and that was the uh, the match. But that's underselling it. It was a very good match. I think it went like 15 or 20 minutes on TV at least. Uh, I actually watched this on Access, so um, yeah, it was it was fucking great, man. I enjoyed it. I'm excited for the Briscoes. Kind of disappointed that they're not in AEW at the moment. We'll, we will see what happens with Ring of Honor, but yeah, good shit. I'm I'm definitely excited. Uh, you know the Motor City Machine Guns saw that Briscoe's <laughs> Briscoe's FDR match, and and now they're itching. They're like, oh, maybe it's time to have a match of the year. So hopefully that is the case. Yep. I also uh, from the episode on Thursday night want to mention mention. I mean I. I'm, I've got to the point where I've, I'm, I think that he's a guy to watch out for, especially with people clamoring for the Indian market over in WWE and also uh, AEW now, too. Uh, Bupinder uh, Gujar uh, is fucking awesome. He's like 6'5". He runs and moves very quick. You know, I, I think I, I just I, I liked his match with DSK. It was kind of a squash match in the sense that you knew who was going to win going into this. And then obviously it would uh, end up with him uh, looking down uh, Manbali uh, Shirhir, uh, who he's like, I think, six seven six eight, scary looking dude. But um, yeah, I, I think that Gujar a lot of potential in the future. And I've been saying that, you know, someone that is a tall dude like that. Um, that can do aerial stuff like that. It's, it's pretty impressive. So especially when you decide to go with instead people that can barely walk and we just do a gr- another great, uh, Kali type of thing. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was trying to find a way to put that into words without it being you know, offensive. Um, because I mean, all of these companies are trying to do the Indian market gimmick. Oh, and here's one thing. One thing, too, though, what I like, though, Chris, is that he's not a fucking heel automatically. He's actually, he seems like he's going to become off like a baby face. Honestly, if he puts a little bit more craziness and maybe we can get some some, uh, extreme matches in him, he might give people a little flavor of Sabu. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's a great, he's been great so far in my favorite of, like, hey, let's try to get into India market wise um and i like the fact that he is a baby face and they're giving him peels to work off of uh is it is it raja singh the the manager he was in wwe yeah. etc like putting him as a character that people know um trying to court him and him being the baby face i think that's a great idea this is definitely it, it, to me, more interesting than, like you said, like you, like this guy coming out and putting the claw on Samoa Joe. <laughs> like, yeah, no kidding. It's, it's, it's fucking weak sauce, basically. So it, it is good to see a, a wrestler of Indian descent doing a, an interesting storyline and also being babyface, like you said, just not not just turning him heel. Um, there's no reason why you can't be a good guy. <laughs> so that is good and and like you said man for someone as big as he is to move the way he does very impressive uh the only thing i would say is we haven't seen like a long distance match really or i haven't yep i haven't seen a match of his that's one over five minutes so it'll be you know once he gets up against like <laughs> jonah or 
Josh Alexander, some of the Oops. other guys that are going to have like Moose, like these 10 minute matches, 10, 15 minute matches, we'll really see where he stands. But I think they've done a good job of protecting him. And I actually like the storyline. I think you're, you're spot on. He is a very interesting character and maybe someone to watch. Even if other companies are like, hey, we need to sign that guy <laughs> once this contract is up. But uh, right now, Impact is doing a good job of building him. He's got a look. He's in shape. He, he moves well in the ring. Now we just need to see the match, right? Like, we got to see the 10-minute match that we we care about. Because um, so far, it's been squashes. And when they put him against this other big fucking guy, I don't know that that's necessarily going to be a good match. So I'm more looking forward to whatever comes after that whether it's like he's feuding with Eric Young or uh, Eddie Edwards or whatever. Uh, but yeah, like the next thing, put him in there with a veteran. We'll see the 10 minute match and, and go from there. But so far I'm, I'm really behind uh, this guy as a wrestler. I think he's fucking great. Yep. And the last, uh, well, I guess technically there's one, there was a vignette we should talk about too. But uh, the last thing we, we kind of like, you know, talked about Josh Alexander regaining his title, winning the rematch. Uh, and now we'll be going against and had a stare down after his match with Moose with Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, looking forward to that fucking match. I don't know. I don't know how long they'll be able to build for it, but it's going to be cool having the still pit bull go against the walking weapon in a match. I'm assuming, like I said, on their next pay-per-view uh, maybe it'll be a television match. Definitely could, but for that title, good, uh, fun, random Japanese legend to throw in for a first defense. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to give Justin Alexander a, a win, have a good match, and not necessarily hurt anyone on your roster because the Impact roster is is smaller, right? So. I think it's a smart and it'll be fun to see where they go from there. Uh, things I didn't like on this show. <laughs> All of PCO and Vincent. Most of Ring of or what is it? Honor No More. Most of all of their segments. <laughs> but specifically the Vincent weird PCO thing. Was that this week or la- I think it was this week where they brought PCO back to life? Oh, that was the week cables. previous. That was oh, so yeah. fucking. I guess that was last terrible. week. I'm yeah. confusing weeks, but that was terrible. I, I probably bitched about it last horrible. week and have now forgotten. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Um, also, there was a little vignette that was both on the pay per view and on this. I'm kind of glad I remembered. Uh, it seems like another big guy, or at least one of their big players from the past, is coming back. Uh, they had a vignette where it was flashes, a different thing with weird music in the background. You know, the tape was going in and out. It showed broken bones from on, on a foot, uh, you know, flashed to different wrestlers. And then their, their, their picture burning up as if someone set it on fire, like Deanna Perrazzo and John Morrissey for some reason specifically. And we had this message of E, uh, VG, just keep on flat or EGV, I should say, keep on flashing on the screen and there was not Morse code, but like something basically doing that, uh, with a binary code. That's what it was. Um, you know, doing some type of signal. So of course, internet sleuths found out that the binary code says Sammy. 
I don't know what EGV is because we're talking about Sammy Callahan. His uh, group was Ohio versus everything, so it would be OVE. But uh, I guess Sammy's coming back. It seems like with some type of uh, difference to whatever. So he's going to try to, I guess, evolve his character. But I'm looking forward to it. His matches aren't pretty. I mean, he's someone that was straight up meant for one of those certain flavors of like an actual match in a fucking ECW or obviously CZW and what she came from. Uh, but he's good on the mic. He's a great heel. I hope this just means that he's not going to be a baby face. That's my biggest thing. And I'll enjoy seeing Sammy Callahan come back. If I don't know why the fucking thing would spell out S-A-M-I on the binary code. Because Sammy obviously spelled with an M M Y without that I thing. So I'm pretty sure it's Sammy Callahan, Chris. Is he there to break bones and destroy and set on fire Deanna Perrazzo and John Morrissey? Is Sammy going to set people on fire? I have no idea. And I didn't read into the binary code that much because impact going to impact. <laughs> so uh, for all I know, this could be Christian. <laughs> coming back um now all, all joking aside i mean I'm, I'm fine with sammy callahan coming back i i watched this and it was one of those things where like wwe does something like this and i'm like huh okay <laughs> i feel you know right. what i mean like uh, like I, I i get a lot of people are into this and the internet sleuthing and stuff but impact kind of has a small audience so it'd probably just be better if they were just like actual vignette of the person talking and saying i'm coming back on this date to get people hyped for the show instead of trying to do something cryptic i will also say though uh in 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 the concept that sammy this is sammy related he comes back we were talking about well who the hell is josh gonna go against long term because obviously now we can even say that tommy orishi he's just gonna be there for whatever confrontation and to put josh over to give him a little bit you know, send him in the right direction. And we were kind of like, Macardona is a possibility because he's a heel, but you have champion champion in that situation, unless they want to go down that route. You know, I doubt NWA is going to want their champion to lose. Uh, Sammy's a good person, especially if he's a heel, to really fuck with Josh Alexander. Now, it's not going to be pretty Josh matches, but I'm just saying, you know, like they're not going to be technical masterpieces, but it would be good for storytelling and to build him with someone that could be that despicable, you know, and hits people in heads with baseball bats and shit. Yeah. Him as a heel would be a great opponent for Josh Alexander. And then I, you know, for a follow-up, I would try to get Christian back. Yeah. Just to reset that matchup. And Hey, so fucking good. It seems like Christian's is slowly during a heel turn, especially how he's been talking to uh, jungle boy telling him that he sounds like a loser and shit like that. So I'm hoping that also means Christian is going to be a heel. Cause I like Christian as a heel better than the baby face, to be honest with you. I Christian on promos in general is just fucking great. Um, but I actually agree with Christian. I don't know if this is a heel turn. <laughs> Jungle boy does sound like a loser. He did. He did. He's whiner. <laughs> yeah. I, I I Christian to be just like pointing out fucking millennial ass. <laughs> Little bitch. Yeah, Chris, Christian just pointing out that he's 
managing a team of geeks is not healed to me. He's just saying the obvious. They're lucky Arn Anderson's not their manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, all right, well, uh, let's continue. Uh, but good, good pay-per-view, good impact. Good on you, Scotty. You're great. All right, let's review uh, uh, two pay-per-views. We'll do this one kind of quickly. I'll put matches more grouping together. But there's Triple Mania, which uh, this is their their triple pay-per-view set of the Triple Mania pay-per-view to make up, I guess, for COVID is what they're doing. But this is uh, for tonight, April 30th. Uh, they had another one, or they're having it uh, on June 18th, which is their normal time, and then they're having another one on October 15th uh, of this year. So, Cool. But a bunch of good matches and a lot of involvement from other promotions. So um, I, I guess the the we'll we'll we'll, we'll go over them um, individually. But I don't. Once again, I don't know if this is going to be the exact lineup. But for right now, we have Los Vipers, which is uh, Chick Tormenta and um, Erez versus Legato and Sexy Star Two. Oh, I guess they pulled that card like they've done in the past, where, like, well, we own the uh, thing, so we're just going to put another person. Uh, going against, oh, and uh, Octagon Jr., uh, going against uh, Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara. I don't know if that's actually going to happen anymore with Sammy hurting his neck. So, But that's for the uh, AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championship. Um, I, don't, I don't see that happening with uh, Sammy and Ty being involved, Chris. This might not actually be the final yeah. card for tonight. The hot rumor so. is it's going to be Andrade and Charlotte Flair. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That'd be fucking amazing, though. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That would be great. So maybe someone else from um, AEW shows up to fill in the spot for that. I don't know. That kind of makes it hard to even comment on who was going to win. But uh, we'll we'll keep on going. We got uh, for El or La Faction uh, Incrobanable. Oh, uh, God, I know I butchered that. We have Dragon Lee and Drillistico going in, uh, going against Taurus and Johnny Superstar going against Laredo Kid and a to-be-announced opponent. So that's that's fun. Uh, Rayo de Jesco Jr. going against Blue, Do- uh, Blue Demon Jr. Demon's still f- and he's getting up there. And awesome. uh, Pagano, Bandito, and Taya versus or is, is that Taya Valkyrie uh versus Sembinko Andrade El Idolo and Diana Perrazzo yeah it has to be Taya Valkyrie because Diana Perrazzo is involved in this uh legend I this guy's got to be close to 70 connect who is the guy that trained and was the main opponent for uh Conan in the 80s a huge superstar in the 80s is going against Psycho Clown so their other uh, obviously their modern big superstar uh, their champion, uh, uh, Hildo Del uh, Vikingo and Phoenix, are going to be going against Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. And L.A. Park will be going against Viano Six. Uh, and Ultimo Dragon is going to be going against Pentagon Jr. I just said my fa- or the match I'm looking forward to the most, Chris. But I'm also looking uh, forward to uh, Vikingo and uh, Phoenix going against the Young Bucks. That should be fucking awesome a lot of these matches look fun but this is definitely going to be triple mania you know a <laughs> couple of them it's like right you know <laughs> yeah they're doing the I mean, place 
they definitely bring, like to bring in their legends and do these matches. Like, uh, I like Blue Demon Jr. a lot, but I don't know that I need to see him on every Triple Mania. Uh, the the Bucks match hey, is going to be did great. You know, did, did you know there was a, a Vienno 6? I didn't know there no. were six of them. But they didn't. But uh, that's not fair because maybe the first five were very important. I, I wasn't watching AAA during that time. <laughs> well, no, they were always on DC. Uh, WCW always had Viano 1, Viano 2, and I think Viano 3. But I didn't know they went up to six now within the lineage. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, but I don't remember them having a very successful career in WCW. <laughs> Didn't they just no, they have usually them as, like, job. Lucha job guy? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was like, didn't they just have them as, like, job guys? And then also it's WCW, so you're not even sure that that's actually part of the family lineage and not just, like, a guy with a mask on. So Fair enough. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> uh, which maybe plays into why he just chose the number six. Maybe there's only actually three. <laughs> He's like, I need to iterate this so I don't get confused with the WCW jobber. Um <laughs> No, all, all joking aside, the, the Bucks match, the Bucks match should be really good. And I'm actually like, it's Andrade and John Morrison in a, in a mixed tag, right? With Deanna and, and Taya. Wasn't that it, one of the matches on the card? It is uh, Bandito, Pagano, and Taya Valkyrie uh, against Sabra Nitico. Um, I know I fucked that one up. Andrade El Idolo and then uh, Deanna Prazo. So no, but I, that would be awesome. If Johnny showed up at the end or something, him and Andrade had a confrontation because they would have a really good match in the future in AAA or wherever. But that that match should be really good in general with Deanna, uh, Taya, Bandito, and Andrade in it. Um, I can't comment on everyone in that match, but just those four in general in, in a match, I think it would be really entertaining and, and very good. Bandito and Andrade doing Lucha shit, I'm down for that. Should be awesome. And I mean... I don't know about everyone, but it's based on some of the stuff I've seen him do lately, the number one match I'm looking forward to is Pentagon Jr. Or it, maybe it's a whatever version of himself, but Pentagon against Ultimo Dragon is going to be fucking awesome. I'm sorry. That's going to be think Pentagon come? Do you think he's going to come out with some kind of dragon gimmick on Pentagon? That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Just to be a, to be a dick. Uh, no, that's the match I'm most looking forward to. I was more just trying to talk about other matches on the card, so yeah. it didn't seem like it were, I was burying them. But yeah, fucking, it's Ultimo Dragon. <laughs> I'm always going to mark out for Ultimo. And uh, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting match. But I, I mean, I've watched some more recent Ultimo Dragon matches, and he seems like he's moving pretty well. So yeah, we will see. Um, we will see what they try to do in the ring. I, I'm curious on what what they're going to do, like what Pentagon is going to come up with for spots with Ultimo, but it, it should be exciting shit regardless. And uh, just in general, it's Ultimo Dragon and Pentagon. Like if you wanted to like make a poster, <laughs> those are like perfect characters to put on. Like, they, you could make a fucking movie out of that as like anime characters or something. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I'm excited for it just as my fandom of Ultimo and, and Pentagon being cool characters. The match could suck, and I probably would still love it. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying, man. He's uh, Ultima Dragon. I've just seen so many gifs and little videos on Twitter and, and whatnot of him lately. And I'm like, 
how the fuck is he moving like that at his age? It's crazy. So I hope they have an awesome match, and I hope they steal the show. But there's some stuff tonight I'm looking forward to. I just got to figure out, Chris, the worst thing is what? how the fuck do I watch it, which usually I think it's on um, it's on Twitch, and you can watch it for free on there. And then also what time is it going to start? But I, I only think that they're probably four-hour difference, so I don't know. It might be like during the daytime. So I, I, that's that's one thing that's – I got to figure that out now that I'm thinking about it after we get done with this. Because I do want to watch some of the matches. And, dude, Triple Mania, it's just – it's an experience. That's all I can say. If you watch it with all the pre-show stuff and just get into some of the craziness, you might see, you know, uh, fucking Aerostar decide that he's going to jump off a giant light-like platform above the fucking ring and just plummet into nothing and hit himself. Like, it's crazy. It's fucking – it's it's nuts. Yeah, Triple Mania is – it's – it's it's worth watching if you're a diehard wrestling fan in general because it's going to be completely different than anything else you're going to watch throughout the week. Um, just the way they work their matches in general in AAA is different, but they, uh, you know, like you're going to get like a Blue Demon Junior match. Like where else are you going to see that <laughs> that style? Like almost seventies wrestling. <laughs> kind of thing it, it just doesn't happen that often it, it's just a very different thing and it's not everybody's cup of tea but i think there's some highlights with the bucks being there and um like i said andrade and, and bandito being in a match together that should be really good shit and hopefully they build that if they're going to flesh that out for a while and have them have an actual feud uh, i think that would be fucking great so there's good shit on the card if you're a modern fan, but there's also some very, like you said, triple A ass triple A shit on that. So it should be inter- entertaining to say the least. I kind of, I'm kind of curious on how much they charge for that pay per view. Well, from what I remember, as long as you watch it on the triple A station on uh, Twitch, or at least it has been in the past, so we might just be able to just watch it straight up. I just don't know what time it is since there's a time difference between where we are and Mexico. Well, they're in the they they're in the same time zone as Texas, so it should only be an hour off. Okay, two hours off, depending on what part the the show is being filmed in. So it shouldn't be too bad. It's not like watching a Japan show where you have to wake up at four a.m. <laughs> to see the <laughs> yeah, no shit. see the main event. <laughs> All right, so real quick before we leave Mexico, I just found out two other things uh, on this Wikipedia page. So for the June 18th show, they have the Hardys, Matt and Jeff, going against Dragon Lee and Dralisico, a part of LFI. So that should be really cool. But the biggest thing, this is a part of a tournament tonight. And the loser from this, I guess the winner gets a championship, um, uh, which we call it, like a number one contender. And a loser has to lose their masks. So, like, at the, the, the when you get down to the finals, not the whole entire tournament. But when you get down to the finals, that's what the stipulation is. So, Ultimo Dragon and Pentagon, I think Pentagon's going to go over. Uh, but that, the L.A. Park versus Viano Sick, or uh, the uh, Blue Demon Jr. match, and the Connect match with Psycho Clown, all the way down to the finals. And then the last two, one gets a title shot, the other one has to take their mask off. So I'm assuming a lot of the uh, younger guys are going to be moving on. But so I, I what I would think, Chris, if it's my prediction, you're going to have Pentagon and L.A. Park next and you're going to have probably Blue Demon and Psycho Clown next. 
And then Psycho Clown will be on one side, maybe against Pentagon. And then Pentagon wins? I don't know. See, that's the weird thing is that the finals have to take you, – you have to take, this is a big deal in Mexico, people. When hair and mask especially are a big deal to have to lose because you're changing up your character completely. So now that makes me think Psycho Clown. I don't know. This is crazy. Yeah, so I didn't even know that, that they were doing a stip on these, but that's, that's interesting. I, I don't know how to predict. It starts it. a tournament. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to really predict that. I do know that at this point Psycho Clown should have been their champion. Yeah. Even going back like a year ago when Kenny was holding it. Him or Pentagon. Um, as far as like guys within that company, but they don't they also don't like the mask is more important than the title. So losing your mask is like worse than losing the title by a hundredfold. So um, I don't know. That's interesting. I would have to look look at the bracket and then kind of go back and at least recap some of the shows to know where they're currently at as a company to try to figure out what they're going to do. I don't have a great answer for that, but uh, no, you're fine. I will you know what I'm going to do? I, I'm going to send you just a picture of the bracket. So at some point, if you want to look at it and then comment at some point in the show, you have it there. But I just I just sent you what the uh, the bracket was built up on from the wikipedia page so there you go yeah yeah uh, like i said the the one comment i would make about triple a in general is uh psycho clown should have been champion a long time ago i completely agree i mean they call him their their john cena and i think he's only had the latino uh american championship which is their secondary belt they basically have a their first their their world champion their secondary belt, and then they have like a light, their cruiserweight champion, which is more the light heavyweight. I mean, looking at this, like, I don't see Ultimo Dragon unmasking or Pentagon no. unmasking or LA Park unmasking. So it kind of eliminates who you're going to have in the finals. That's the only problem with doing it. Also, why would you, if you lose in the, like, you lose before the finals, you don't lose your mask, but you lose in the finals, you lose your mask. That's kinda <laughs> some weird ass shit. Like I beat other people's ass to get here, but like now I lose my mask. So that's kind of shitty. <laughs> triple A going to triple A. Yeah. Triple A going to triple A. I guess. Going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But just looking at this, I mean, I think the what they'll probably do is Pentagon Jr. versus Psycho Clown, and Pentagon will win, and Psycho Clown will <laughs> take off the mask, reveal that he's wearing clown makeup, so it won't fucking matter anyways, or something weird like that. That would probably be the way to book this. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's let's move on. We're we're going towards the paper tomorrow night. What are you going to say? I was going to say, I don't know if anyone's ever done it in AAA, but has anyone ever t- took off the mask to just reveal another mask? If no one has, then someone needs to, because that would be fucking <laughs> awesome television if it's like, ha-ha, I was born with a mask on my face. Like, you fucking idiots. That sounds like something really? L.A. Park needs to do. Like yeah. it's like you take off the LA Park mask and it's the old school skeleton La Parka mask like you used to wear in WCW. That would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Conan, you can send the paycheck to my house if you take my idea. I feel like we get a kazoo right now uh, from this idea, but 
If anyone watches Conan's podcast, you know that reference. Anyways, so Backlash is tomorrow night. So you got two pay-per-views. This would be fun. Um, so last night, we're not going to go over basically Raw and SmackDown. Everything basically applies towards this pay-per-view. So the breakdown, not a lot happened this week. They celebrated Randy Orton's uh, 25th anniversary, which was cool. Uh, they had an awesome tag match at the end of it on Raw. SmackDown, some other things happened, but they basically had SmackDown to change up the fucking, the main event itself and make it what it is now instead of having what they were going to do. So that's interesting. I, I, I Comment on <laughs> Raw. Um, it was cool that they did like a Randy Orton tribute episode and his commentary, like his comments afterwards saying he's like, I want to be the next Undertaker and finish my career with the same company. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, even though it doesn't make sense because Undertaker was in other companies beforehand. And like, if anything, Triple H did the same thing if you're going to go down that route. But um, <laughs> it's true. It's very true. I, I did think it was cool that he came out and said that. I thought it was a fun episode. If you like Randy Orton, this is a very fun episode to watch. But the highlight of the night was Kevin Owens going, my eye! <laughs> when he got gouged in the fucking eye. Uh KO right now just losing his mind because he cannot figure out this whole Elias. Uh, what is that, guys? Ezekiel, his brother. <laughs> and the and the fact that people are just accepting it is almost a commentary on WWE doing name changes, and it's fucking hilarious. Like That's Kevin true. Owens losing his shit about it is great. Kevin Owens is the everyday man. He's like he's not fucking butch. <laughs> I know that's Pete Dunn, so I hope they just continue to do this with Kevin Owens with different characters forever. Because <laughs> it's Kevin Owens loses. Like it's funny because it's like Kevin Owens thinks he's losing his mind because everyone else is like, "No, that's just that. That's his little brother." And he's like, "No, it's it's really not." <laughs> yeah, he's doing some awesome work, man. He's so good at comedy and not making it stupid and over the top. It's still like just humorous and. I appreciate that about KO, and he can actually fucking bring it in the ring. So, that's yeah, a... this man has this man has earned his fucking contract resign already <laughs> this year for that company. He's he's one of the highlights of that show. Matt Riddle and uh, and RK Bro RK Bro is still running. It's it's fun, man. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm along for the ride. It was it is good that they gave appreciation to someone before they retired and then brought them back like ten months later, kind of thing. So it was cool to see kind of a Randy Orton appreciation night. I I actually enjoyed this week's Raw specifically because of of Randy Orton, Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, like those guys. They kill it every week, and that they're probably the reason to watch Raw if you're going to watch Raw. Yep, and I think Cody was a bit quiet on this one, but still was part of a good match at the end of it. That was was fun, but it's all leading towards this this pay per view now. It seems like they're changing their direction, and it makes a lot of sense in ways. Instead of like, because all right, you commit to fucking, and it seems like they're still going to do this afterwards, but maybe they change their mind. If you're going to fucking commit to like putting all these titles together and have another unification with the tag titles. You got to fully commit, and I don't even know if Roman's gonna keep both those titles. I just feel like, with there being two separate shows, Vince is gonna fucking not go do it. He's not gonna do it. So, and I, 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 I think that's dumb. I think their champions is just better to have one uh, 
for both shows, but what are you going to do? But now they're definitely gearing towards their UK show in June, I believe, uh, which is going to have Drew McIntyre going against Roman Reigns for the title. So Drew is placed with RK Bro to go against the Bloodline, Roman Reigns, and the Usos instead of having that unification match. So that's something they set up last night. I don't have a problem with it. But do you think they're actually going to do the tag unification? Or is this, hey, look over here. And uh, we're just going to, it doesn't happen afterwards. Honestly, think they might do the tag unification. And, and the reason being is because people want to see the Usos and Roman on both shows. And the two cable companies, I talked about this for a long time. Yep. Whatever, you're paying, you're paying these fuckers, like, what is it, like, it's a ridiculous, it's an absurd amount of money, <laughs> right? that Fox is paying them, um, which is why WWE is so profitable. You want to see the biggest stars on TV, right? On both shows. So split brands, I don't think it's going to work if you're doing split shows across networks. And I, I said that even from the beginning of this. So the title unifications, it's weird that they're even doing separate brands at this point. Um, just from a, a money standpoint and how much TV time they actually have. I mean, WWE in a week has three hours for all. Uh, was it two hours for NXT and two hours for SmackDown? Yep. It's fucking seven hours of television. You don't need a brand split anymore. <laughs> like, you could. It's dumb. You could figure it out. The roster is small enough that you can just figure it out and have one single brand. But in general, if I'm Fox, I'm like, we want Roman or we're not going to re-sign this contract, which will come up at the end of 2023, 2024, I think. So that, that kind of shit's important from a business aspect. But also, they don't have enough tag teams to have two, two sets of titles. They really don't. And if you narrow it down to one set of titles, you get RK Bro versus the Usos, and you get a better tag division by having one set and instead of trying to spread it thin between two brands. Like you can build some good matches and cool feuds out of that. Because like if you look at it as like one set of titles, then you have American Alpha, uh, RK Bro, the Usos, the New Day, um, Viking Raiders. Like you can start building up a list of like six tag teams, and that's an actual tag division. So I have no problem if they're going to unify the titles. I think it's a smart thing to do. I don't necessarily know that they will do that. The The one thing I will say is if fucking Drew McIntyre chases off the Usos with a goddamn sword, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not really helping them at all. Not that he I has mean, more. If they want to do that's, that with... That's actually Vince's sword. He's very proud of his sword that he has from the Middle Ages. Uh-huh. So. If they if they want to do that shit with Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin, no one gives a shit. But if you start doing it against the bloodline where he's pulling a sword out on people, that shit's stupid. Yep. Like, that does not belong in the main event at all. That's nothing against Drew McIntyre. I'm sure it's not his idea to yeah sw- swing swords at people. <laughs> like, I, I'm not a huge McIntyre fan, but I know he's smart enough to know that it's stupid. <laughs> like... Uh, yeah. So just, hopefully they don't continue that into this feud. And it, it I mean, it's not going to matter because they're like he's not taking the title off Roman, so it's just kind of Roman being another guy. Yeah, it's definitely someone else in his path that's going to be good and uh, on his, you know, his list of many people. Um, 
Although it's in the UK, so who knows how fucking Vince will somehow... I don't know. It's craziness, but I definitely see uh, Roman winning. It being in the UK, it being in the UK doesn't help Drew at all. It's Vince. <laughs> You're in your home. <laughs> well, what about what you did for Davey? <laughs> would lose to HPK for the European title? Oh, that happened later. <laughs> I'm talking about the mat, their uh, last time in the in the UK, which I can't believe their last time was in 1992. Okay, Jesus Christ. All right, let's get into this pay-per-view for Backlash. All of them are, are you know, besides the, the main event, all of them are rematches from WrestleMania. But we have Bobby Lashley going against Omos. Well, I think this is the time where probably Lashley is off television for a little while. I just feel like the whole concept is Bobby Lashley did MVP to beat Omos. MVP got pissed off and a little bit uh, spiteful for that. So now with him leading Omos, he should be able to be able to beat Bobby Lashley, who has most of his accomplishments of recent time in his championship reign to thank to MVP. That's at least MVP's mindset. And you have Lashley off for a little while and Omos gets his win back from WrestleMania. Uh, that's what I would do, Chris. I think you're 100% right, and MVP does should hold the claim to that because he made Bobby Lashley way more entertaining for me. Um, and Bobby Lashley also got a lot better in the ring randomly, which I'm just going to attribute to MVP. <laughs> so uh, I like the almost MVP pair together. I think it works better. I mean, Lashley having a manager is not a bad thing because he – as intimidating as he looks, he does just seem like a very nice guy, you know? Yeah. So it's he can never really figure out that character. Um, so him having MVP, I think, helped him a lot when he was being this intimidating force. Versus, like, Brock Lesnar doesn't need a manager. I mean, it's better when he has a manager, but, like, Brock Lesnar just looks like he's trying to fuck you up, regardless. Whereas, like, Bobby Lashley just looks like a big guy that you'd want to have a drink with. You're like, would you like a beer, Bobby? And he's like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, MVP and almost, I think it works well because I think you could do, like, the Bobby Heenan, Andre the Giant type deal, which I'm sure that's how this match is going to end with MVP doing some fuckery. So you can protect Lashley, almost can still get the win back, but it's not because Lashley just got demolished by almost. If they if they just straight demolish Bobby Lashley, I think it's a bad idea because Bobby Lashley is a better character and better wrestler than Omos, where Omos is a spectacle. But if you want to do like an Andre the Giant, Bobby Heenan kind of thing, uh, I think that would be the way to go. But I agree with you. I think Omos is going to win. Yep. And everything you said, pretty much, I see I see the same way. Um so we'll move on to the next match. Bah. I mean, he's he's over with the crowd. I mean, he's got to get a different name. He's got to get some more. A lot of stuff has to change, basically. But Madcap Moss is going to beat Happy Corbin because they're trying to push him as a babyface now. And I don't think anyone cares if Corbin takes a pin. I don't think Corbin really cares if he takes a pin, to be honest with you. But uh, I'm not. I just don't care about this whole thing. Yeah, the only way I would care about this is if we're going to get sad, poor Corbin again. That's how we like, like our he... Corbins. Sad. <laughs> sad and poor. 
poor poor Baron Corbin. They've given they saddled him with since, since he came from NXT, they saddled him with such shit gimmicks. He finally gets one over, and they're like, "We're gonna make you happy." <laughs> Happy Only Corbin. in WWE. <laughs> like, the one time they made him interesting on the main roster, they somehow fucked him up. Look, I like Baron Corbin. I think he's a great in-ring worker, but like, this company has not done this man any favors <laughs> at all. Nope. I mean, he's getting paid, and every time I see him on Twitter, he's like making steaks and smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. So, like, he's out here living his best life. But <laughs> seriously, though. <laughs> Mad Cat Moss versus Baron Corbin. This is where this is where we're at with Baron Corbin's career. Yeah, I, I I feel bad. Grow the balding hair back out and become poor Corbin again, like everybody likes. It was yeah, it was pretty good. Dance for us, monkey. Damn it. It, it, or just let him like be himself because Baron Corbin, if you're watching on Up Up Down Down or you follow his Twitter, he's it's like the Usos. Just let him be himself, and people will actually like him because it's not he's it's not that he's a bad wrestler. It's just WWE just books him in weird ways and puts him in wacky, dumb scenarios all the time. <laughs> so it's like if he was just himself, he'd probably get over as fuck. Like kind of what he was doing with the poor Corbin thing, like. So that's probably uh, the best finishers yeah. in the business. In best setup for his finishers, both of his fucking his setup in the finisher, deep six is brutal. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that, like that weird sidewalk slam he does, the spinning sidewalk slam. Imagine if Big Boss Man did that and the ring exploded. It was the best finisher of all time, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, Corbin's a good wrestler. He was great in NXT. When he came up as a lone wolf, that was cool. They just didn't, didn't. Ever since then, it's been all downhill, except for when he lost all his money. And then it was like Miro. Like, it's like, you got yourself over, so fuck you. <laughs> you get Madcap Moss now. I don't care about this at all. Madcap Moss is not getting the ring, and it's a shitty name. He looks like a geek, so don't care. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's no Ezekiel coming out dressed as the Ultimate Warrior and shit. Fucking <laughs> Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens comes out. I, and, dude, and I gotta say that though, he's Elias. <laughs> Elias is Elias is uh, his comedy's always been good, man. He's got just natural fucking like, he's funny. He's a funny dude, basically. His reaction like, wait no, until Kevin I'm Owens. Ezekiel. Like, dude, what are you talking about? I, I hope in WWE, if you're listening out there and you want to take a match, do an I Quit match, but it's a Say My Name match where you have to say your actual name. And Velveteen Dream challenges afterwards. <laughs> you do the you do the Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens I Quit match, but the I Quit is that Ezekiel has to admit that he's Elias. That he leaves and he comes back as El Bagabondo again, which would be fucking great. He's at least got to get a little bit of scrub or something. Looks fucking weird. Um, All right, next match. Uh, This one is very interesting. I thought they had a good match. I just didn't have as much care because of the direction in which Edge was coming from. But now this added layer with him and Damian Priest, they put up. It was funny. WWE put up a poll on Twitter of who do you, would you like to see possibly as a next member 
Taj's group, and it was the four people that are completely rumored right now, which is Tommaso Ciampa, um, Rhea Ripley, Dom- or Donathan Dijakovic, and Finn Balor. So I think we're going to have in this match rematch against uh, AJ Styles with Edge some fuckery. I guess Edge is going to win again. I don't know why the fuck. I know AJ lost the last one, but I don't know why Edge would win or would lose this one. It doesn't really make sense towards this group they're pushing, but I could also see someone else uh, revealed as a member of this group, either within this match or afterwards, and it's probably going to be one of those four people. Uh, I mean, even WWE is throwing out the fucking throwing it out there right now. So who knows? I don't know. It could be uh, Hornswoggle is the next member. So. Chris, would you be okay with Hornswoggle being the new member of Edge's version of Aleister Black's group that's over in AEW? Swoggle can't be the next member. He, isn't he out here still feuding with the dude from Game of Thrones or whatever? Him and Peter Dinklage are going to have a celebrity boxing <laughs> match. Um, nah, all joking aside, he's part of the major players, dude. He can't join this group. <laughs> uh, I, Rhea Ripley would be my choice just because I think it would maybe revitalize her and, and they could give her a push off of it because they've done a bunch of dumb shit with her. So I would pick Rhea Ripley because I think she's fucking great and could be a women's champion. You could tie that into whatever you're doing with Edge and, and the storyline Damian Priest. Maybe have them belt collect or do something. If you're going to do something, you might. if you're going to do it, you might as well go full send with it. Um, so she would be my choice over Finn Balor. I get the idea of Finn Balor joining that group, but it would also be cool to see Finn Balor be the one to go against Edge and maybe dethrone him from this group or do something else uh, with that. As far as the match goes, when's the last time AJ Styles won a match date? I don't know, man. Uh, does it does it hurt him or is it starting to become noticeable? Because I agree with you. I'm kind of like that too. It, it does. I don't think it matters because it's AJ Styles. It's like the same thing as Kevin Owens. Like, when's the last time Kevin Owens won a match? That's a good point. Like a actual big match. They're just they're just so good. No one cares. <laughs> but uh, the difference is like it's AJ Styles. So eventually, you want him to see. I would like to see him versus Roman, right? Yep. Um, so he needs to start getting wins. He's not going to get wins out of this. Like, he's just going to lose to Edge, like you said. So I'm assuming he's going to lose here. It doesn't matter if it's fuckery or not. Um, the problem is, is with AJ, when he takes losses, they never... He doesn't get the rubber band match where he gets his win back. Like, hardly ever. No, he just takes he's... the loss and moves on. <laughs> Dude, it's like... It, it's literally like Vince it has him as, like, a 90s Randy Savage. It, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts him on commentary and starts taking him away from the fucking ring for no reason. It's like, you're going to lose this match, and then you're going to lose this match, and then you're going to lose this match, and make this person look good. It's okay, because everyone loves you, so it's okay. Just keep on doing it. You're my pit bull, or whatever the fuck he calls him. Basically what it is. But then Randy had to go and talk to Stephanie. Oh, wait, I'm not allowed to talk about any of that. Just keep on going. (laughs) Uh, So AJ Styles... (laughs) Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to all be on commentary next next year or so if we're going if we're going, going by be that NXT's logic. commentary basically like you, I would be in for that the two Canadians and the one the one boy from Gainesville doing commentary on an NXT show Gainesville especially, Georgia 
if the hey. match is bad, could you imagine? <laughs> say, say, like, like if Kevin Owens is like, Sammy, I don't even know what he's fucking saying, basically. Like, they just start speaking in French when they can't understand AJ Styles' redneckness. They look at him really weird, and then they start looking at each other and just talking to each other. That'd be hilarious. All right, what are we doing right now? Um, AJ Styles is probably going to lose Edge. He has to kind of win this match, right? I mean, why the fuck would his? Why would anyone want a leader if he's already going to fucking show? And I, I do dig your idea about Finn Balor being the guy that's not over you. Because it looks like Ciampa attacked Ali. He's probably just going to straight be a heel. I think that would help someone like a Donovan Dijakovic, but it's also, unfortunately, at this point, kind of a uh, if if they involve him, that that could be not the greatest because of his past, which is not his fucking fault. But Rhea Ripley, him, Damian Priest, and then Finn Balor being an opposing force, and potentially maybe either Champa or or you know they either one of them could throw in there as another person, but keep it small. Don't get a fucking big and, 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 and stupid. And uh, yeah, like once you once you get past four people in a faction, it just is going to get watered down, or you have to make the entire show about that faction. Exactly. Which I think AEW, like a good example, you have good factions like Black Label or whatever the hell Blackpool. Like that's a fun faction. It's four people. As soon as you start getting into like the Jericho. <laughs> Like like the original version of the inner circle, like that was fun. That's like four or five people. That's like kind of the perfect amount of people. But like you can't just throw everyone in here with Edge and make the whole entire show about that. So that's why I was saying Rhea Ripley because she's in the female division. So you can do something kind of different. Um, and hopefully they do something with Balor. Hey, and uh, if... If Balor is a good guy and AJ loses this and he still is a part of that, what do we have a chance of two guys that are on Raw that haven't really met up uh, yet that have a lot of history that you could kind of like put together to go against this group with whoever? You know, that's very vague, but that's how WWE is. Yeah, they're like, they were in a group together (laughs) at one point. This is that bullet club shit that everyone talks about. <laughs> um, no, but that, I mean, that's a good idea as well. That, that's what I'm saying. AJ is going to lose this match. That's really where we're going with this. And um, give AJ some wins, though, soon. Because otherwise, it doesn't matter if Edge beats him. <laughs> like, it's like AJ loses to everybody. So I'm assuming that uh, AJ goes, is going to go for the. Uh, Phenomenal forearm, Damian Priest grabs his leg, then he kicks him off, goes for it anyways, gets speared out of midair, and that's probably your pin finish for this match. Yeah, that's that sounds good to me, man. Definitely does. All right. Uh, match I'm looking forward to because it was one of the best matches at WrestleMania, I thought. And that was Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins. They finally have been able to add a little bit more dynamic, I would say, in this because, you know, going from cold opponent uh, to now they have something. And now Seth also is able to prepare for it within storyline. He was complaining that there was no preparation. That's kind of why they're getting this whole rematch started. So there could be I don't see Kevin Owens getting involved because it seems like he's still pissed off at Seth. For two weeks ago, basically screaming at him and calling him uh, a fat ass and shit like that. So, it I think this is just going to be two of them having a match. 
I mean, part of me thinks that since Cody won the first one, Seth's still one of their top guys. Seth could win this one and we go to a rubber match, especially if you have nothing for either of them really to do. And Seth's still the heel, so you can do something where it protects Cody. He sets up the third match, wins the feud, and then you can change up both of their directions. So that is what I think is going to happen, even though Cody loses. Maybe you can kind of like humble him a bit so that can add some dimension and then have Seth low blow him or some shit. But these guys should have a good match regardless of what happens. It'll be a good match. I think there's going to be a fuck finish where Seth wins would be my guess. But also like Seth, if you're listening to this and you're trying to get heel heat, (laughs) show up as like stardust. Or at least with the makeup on. That's a good idea. That would be interesting. All right. Well, like, especially if he did like a, a weird take on it, kind of because he's already doing a Joker character anyway. So he did like a like smeared Stardust makeup. <laughs> that's that's Have a cool Cody idea. I like it. First, send Seth out. And he's like, <laughs> Remember when you were Stardust? He's wearing fucking polka dots and shit. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna if you're gonna talk about Dusty and like bring up the family lineage and like the fact that Cody was here and his dad never won a chance, like bring it all up. It's all history. And if you're Seth Rollins, fucking use that. Get heel heat off of it. Him just just applying gold and black and kind of designing his outfit around that theme is a good idea because gold, you know, gold or, or yellow and black in general kind of represents, I, I think to a lot of people and I'm sure none of the, none of the three roads are happy about it, but that's kind of associated with them in WWF, you know, WWF owns the character gold dust. So if he came out with a full fucking wig and robe on, I would pop. Not going to lie. He is the, the king of what is it? The king of drip. Come out with the drippiest ass ass gold dust outfit on. Sure. I I need something more from Seth than just the Joker laugh. So like, that's something that he could do where I'd be like, that's cool. Yeah. Or that, or not just cool. That was smart. That kind of makes sense of why you would, you're fucking with, you're being in a a cerebral, you will, you know, fucking with your opponent's head going right into it. Start it off. So we'll see what they do, but that should be a good match. It might be match of the night. Um, looking at this whole card, yeah, there's definitely a chance where that could happen. Um, and then we have the I Quit match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, not listed is Becky and Bianca. And honestly, I don't remember them. They shared words, but I don't think they, they positioned that. So it makes sense if they're not on this. That's a possibility. I still think Bianca should go over regardless. Uh, but we do have Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. I quit match. This is going to be interesting, Chris. Because uh, here's the thing. I, there is part of me that thinks that they're going to fucking put the title on Ronda Rousey, which I'm not really as interested in. But then again, what the fuck else are you going to do? Uh, you know, um, but at the same time, I don't know. This this is a weird one. You're gonna she if she doesn't have a good match basically and then she wins the title, people are not gonna be happy about that. Including me. 
is this the could you do a Bailey return here? Sure. Sure. Or do you I think like they're going to save that for? Or are they going to save? Oh, Oscar came back. By the way, I for, almost forgot about that. She's back. She went after Becky, and pissed her off. So she's in Raw though. But just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. That was that was cool. I'm glad Oscar's back. I I kind of would have brought her back sooner, but whatever. Um, with Bailey, do you or do you more aggressively? Now, or, yeah, do you pull the trigger now, or do you save it for Money in the Bank and have her win Money in the Bank or something? I don't know. Because I don't that know how that you might get out of sense. this. I mean, it's a I quit match. Like <laughs> you're going against a judo expert. It's one Olympic gold medal. So you would just assume Charlotte's going to tap here unless someone interferes. And the only person I could think of that would interfere would be like Bailey. Otherwise, Ronda, she could like Ronda's going to fuck Charlotte up, right? Like they took away all of the advantage of Charlotte being able to cheat or <laughs> you put you. It would be like if you put like Kurt Angle against Diesel <laughs> kind of <laughs> like. <laughs> in a submission match it's i mean charlotte does do a submission hold <laughs> but ronda's like a legit mixed martial artist it's not really it's not really fair <laughs> to some extent so i i don't know i guess ronda has to win here i don't think it matters for charlotte at all like if she loses the title i don't think it matters no. i just it, just ronda getting the title doesn't help her uh really and I, who's next? She's just gonna go get Charlotte again. That's why I'm saying, like, do you do you bring? But do you pull the trigger now on Bailey, or do you wait till Money in the Bank? And maybe the answer is wait till Money in the Bank. Uh, but damn, they need her back bad. When she comes back, she's gonna get the biggest fucking pop. <laughs> just because we've seen the same people on TV for so long. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. That's why it was so refreshing to see Asuka back. Uh, all right, so the, the main event, Drew McIntyre and RK Bro, Randy Orton and Riddle. Going against Bloodline, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso with Paul Heyman in their corner. Six-man tag team match. Uh, well, you know what? Since I feel like there's a good chance, especially if they do the the uh, the unification match, that the Usos are going to unify the titles. So maybe the baby faces win because I also don't think Drew McIntyre is going to beat Roman Reigns. And this is when the heels lose, takes a pin, progresses the story that Roman's getting annoyed with his fucking, you know, cousins. But then they end up bringing gold home and putting their place back on the whole thing, the whole nine yards, something like that. Um, that could make sense. So last match, baby faces win. Roman doesn't take the pin. And then, you know, that's it. I don't. I don't think anyone's coming out at the end. I don't, I don't think there's going to be anything like that. Could you see that happening, or do you have something else? Thought? No, actually, I agree with. I agree with exactly what you said. Unless they're unless they're bringing back somebody or bringing in somebody that we're unaware of, but we've heard no rumors of that. So, I think what you laid out is perfect. Honestly. All right. 
So we move on and leave the WWF behind. Still looking forward to tomorrow night. But let's talk about our last subject, some AEW. Which started with uh, Dynamite. Started with a awesome match, I feel, uh, for the Own Heart Foundation uh, men's tournament qualifier. We had Dex Hard against Cash Wheeler. CM Punk joined the commentary team. And uh, this was a damn good match. Uh, lots of pieces from this were a little... They, they basically pulled what uh, CM Punk usually pulls, but uh, a lot of uh, pieces of this were the Bretton Owen match. Um, I believe that was at... was that King of the Ring? It was one of their pay-per-views, but not the WrestleMania one. Or not the one that was in the cage match, the normal match that they had. Maybe it was at WrestleMania. I don't remember, but excellent match. Took pieces from that. I mean, it's just nice seeing an old school like, you know, like what what they do with tag teams and other tag teams like the Briscoes kind of bring it back to like an old school feel. And it's still over today, like, you know, any other style match would be like more modern ones that are more influenced by Lucha Libre and, 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 and doing stuff more, I would say, akin to that style. Uh, it's it's it, with this match, just two guys. It was good seeing a match that was kind of old school and um but still was an awesome match, very exciting, playing off the crowd. And the the win with the uh the roll up, that was from another match. I don't remember which one. It might have been there the first one with Kurt Henning. Um, but using the momentum from a pin from Cash, Dex ended up reversing that and getting a pin himself. These guys beat the living hell out of each other. But at the end, there was no animosity. There was no anything like that. They just kind of shook hands, hugged, and they were just chilling on the apron with their Ring of Honor and AAA championships. And it looks like Dax is going to be going forward within this tournament. I'll try to get a list of all the people that are a part of the tournament so far with the qualifiers. But uh, what do you think about this match to start off, Chris? So far, this tournament has been awesome for the men's qualifiers and what they've done and, and how they're building it. Like they, They're making it seem important where wins and losses matter, which is great for a tournament. Um, I liked this match a lot. It was my match of the night. I didn't watch it live because I, I came in like 30 minutes late, so I watched the end of the show and then came back and watched it. Um, fucking great. <laughs> they're, they're great wrestlers. I wasn't the biggest FTR fan when they were in NXT. If you go back to the original, I just didn't uh, like. It didn't necessarily work in WWE, but what they've been doing recently and the characters they're playing and having the 80s vibe and being able to be more of themselves, uh, they're one of the best tag teams in wrestling, and they're fucking proving it. And being able to have this match against each other and then just like kind of hug it out and be like, we still got these titles, so it's not that big of a deal kind of thing is great like it's dax is obviously i think the biggest star of the two which is why they had him yep. and jay have the face off in the ring of honor match really it was mostly jay and, and dax for the most part um but it makes a lot of sense i mean they're you know everyone's every tag team's gonna have their Shawn michaels so to speak <laughs> so um it's it's awesome man i thought it was a really great match Everything about it, very old school, like you said. 
Um, I'm fine with old school matches. I, I like it's it's kind of why I like the Kenny Omega Okada match, the first match, the best because they didn't need a ton of spots. It was just entering psychology yep. and having a really good fucking match. I like the suspension of disbelief where I believe it's an actual fight versus like we're going to do a thousand spots. And I appreciate that kind of wrestling as well. Like I love young bucks matches. Some of the shit they do is incredible. Like Ray Phoenix and, and Pentagon, some of the shit they do is, is just wild and incredible, but it's, my favorite wrestling is where I can suspend that disbelief for like 10 to 15 seconds and be like, Oh shit. You know? And, and they did a good job of that, which to me is kind of more important than, uh, doing a bunch of flippy cool shit. And I love flippy cool shit. Yeah. And great crowd. Just Philadelphia is great city to, you know, listen to the reaction of for an audience. They always bring it. So yeah, this was all good, man. Um, all right, so we next come down to a match between the – oh, no, no, no. We should definitely talk about this. I almost forgot. MJF afterwards. So it was kind of awkward. Uh, Adam Page had COVID, so he was out for, for the time being. So I don't know if there was supposed to be some interaction with CM Punk, a follow-up to that stare-down from last week. Instead, Punk just, you know, takes the uh, mic, puts over – uh, the the match between Wheeler and Howard puts over the Owen Hart Foundation, kind of something that he was doing beforehand of uh, starting off the night that kind of got criticized, but he kind of flipped it on this one and started talking about, you know, stuff that needs to, uh, w- with him, that needs to happen and, and referring to, you know, Hangman Page and kind of, talking about him as the champion in AEW. So it, it seems like that that definitely is uh, the place they're going, is, uh, you know, Paige and uh, Punk come on up, coming up at uh, Double or Nothing, Chris. Yeah, it seems to be the, the way they're going. It's just who's going to win the title and who are you going to have. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to do champion versus champion time limit draw at the New Japan versus AEW pay-per-view. Uh, the real question is like, where's Kenny Omega at? And does he challenge one of them in between this? And, uh, I mean, if you're going to give, if now would be the time to give CM Punk the belt, you're building the entire show around him anyways. So him having the title probably makes a lot of sense. Um, hangman's run. They took a lot of the character out of hangman page in this title run. He's had great matches, but like him as a character has been kind of just there. Yep. Um, and part of that is they haven't really built a good feud. I mean, Adam Cole just kind of randomly decided he was going to against him. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have a good heel to interact off of. So if if Omega is good, maybe you could see Hangman retain it to go against Omega and set something up uh, in the weeks leading to that New Japan pay-per-view. I think that would be a smart way to go. Otherwise, like, give the fucking belt to Punk and let him have a run. He's, he's, I wouldn't say he's the most over person on the show because every time Sting comes out, it's like the biggest pop of all time. But <laughs> uh, people love CM Punk. Uh, I, like I said, I'm not the hugest fan. He's, I think he's doing some of the best work he's ever done right now in AEW. And I know a lot of people would probably disagree with me, but like the quality of matches and, and the fact that he's carrying the company uh, is astounding. 
really, for for what I thought CM Punk was going to be coming into AEW. So I will say he's impressed me, and, and I've kind of turned the corner and like him a bit more than I did before. Uh, what's really funny to me, Dane, and the way that they build all of these shows around CM Punk, he's fucking John Cena. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's. I know people don't want to hear that, but like, if he wins this title, he's fucking John Cena. He's well, undefeated. I mean, basically, starts out the shows usually doing a promo, thanking the town, giving a little preview of what we're doing, and uh, the audience. Well, the audience actually loves him. Uh, you know, Cena got to a point where it was like they wanted to set fire to him when he was doing his promos. But yeah, I agree with you. That's funny. Yeah, the audience loves him, but they go to Chicago like <laughs> six times in like twelve weeks. So you got you got to make sure you're still over. So <laughs> in your hometown, when you're a legend wrestler from a generation you, ago, Dane, you know who else the audience used to love? John Cena. <laughs> they did. I agree. I'm just, I'm just saying they're in. It's not a comparison in ring styles or anything. Um, it's just. They're doing the Cena it's, thing and the Hogan thing, but with CM Punk. Yeah, it's it's kind of I would compare it to like popularity wise, maybe a Piper Hogan situation in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, but after the match, it was confirmed because they can make graphics that fucking fast at AEW. We will be having uh, at Double or Nothing. Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk for the AEW World Heavyweight title. Next was another guy that... I don't know how you feel about this, Chris. I like the Blackpool Combat Club, and I think that Moxley, it's not really taken away from. Um, I think Willer Yuta's getting a great rub from this. I like this match, and it, and it seemed to come down to the fact that like since Aaron Solo and and QT Marshall were so pathetic. It was like Nick Camarato going against the fucking Black uh, Blackpool Combat Club. But Ryan Danielson, do you think that he's hurting from this at all? I mean, he's still popular as fuck, but he was literally, I would say, like two or three after Kenny and, and Punk not too long ago as one or, or even right even with whoever, you know. Uh, but I think his heel run was actually going well, and I don't know if this is the best route for him specifically am i am i am i weird for thinking that i honestly don't think that he cares man i think he just wants to have really good matches that he can look back on fondly at this point he already, i mean he beat batista randy orton and triple h at the same night at wrestlemania which is going to be the height of anyone's career <laughs> to win the title right like he's never going to reach that pinnacle again the most over yeah. person you can possibly be. So like, I think he's just having fun and, and loves wrestling and just wants to have good matches. And if he can do it with uh, William Regal and Moxley, I think that's kind of where he's at. I mean, he wasn't supposed to turn heel anyways. Right. Good point. <laughs> like they only did that because uh, Moxley got hurt in the first place. So I'm assuming that they're building a long-term storyline where it's going to be him versus Moxley, and he's the babyface. Like, he's the odd man out of this group for whatever reason. Um, and whether this group expands or, you know, gets other people, that's it's interesting. But, I mean, the end of the day, the feud is going to be Moxley versus 
Brian Danielson. But I think he's probably more concerned of like, I would like to have a match against Tanahashi. That seems pretty lit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh God, now I want that match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's looking at it in the same way that maybe fans are looking at it. Yeah. Um, he he could be more over, but he doesn't need to be. Really? Like, at this point? Like, if he's in the heavyweight picture right now, he's going against Hangman again? Right? So, yeah. until, like, they bring Kenny back, or uh, the the belt changes hands and you get Punk versus Brian, uh, I don't think it really matters. Like, I, it's a perfect spot on the card. They, they're a cool tag team. There's some cool shit you could do with that tag team. Like, they're building up wins. You can have, like, if FTR wins the belts, that you know them versus FTR that's like a, you could do like three months off of that alone so um singles in tag team wrestling so I you know while he could have been really really huge if they wanted to push him to the moon right off the bat I have absolutely no problem with where he's at it's still better than what he was doing in WWE where you know Roman <laughs> pinned edge on top of him so yeah no, I, I agree with you. All right. Well, uh, this match was really good, though. It was very physical. It was another situation. Now that, that they want to get a bunch of heels, like I said, and I think all of them were there. I think it was Solo, Camarato, Agogo. I think Agogo was uh, was managing, so I guess he's back. I'm not 100% sure, but, you know, they got their asses kicked. Friends, last week, they gave a little bit of offense because there's three guys that are young that are kind of up and comers this week. They fucking, for the most part, just kicked the shit out of QT Marshall. Actually, from what I remember, Wheeler didn't Wheeler like him, uh, QT Marshall, like a half and half suplex and just fucking knocked him on the crown of the head. That looked pretty nasty. It looked like QT didn't take it that badly, but Wheeler, you man, another time he's over his shit. I don't think it's just because he's from Philly. I think it's just because actually they did a good job building him. And he looked like a badass. There was another spot where all of them were choking someone out, and he ended up, from what I remember, unless I'm remembering uh, incorrectly, Chris, he got the he got the pin again. So William Regal joined them. He was great on commentary, and they all kind of just like were around William Regal, you know, who's their 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 guru, their 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 uh, coach, if you will, their sensei. You're just perfect for these three-man matches because Moxley and Ryan's like, all right, now go out there and take the bumps. Now you go out there, kids. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, no, all joking aside, yeah, he's fucking great. Willer Yuta is phenomenal. I'm glad they added him to this group. And it's going to be fun to see what happens because eventually, you know, like William Regal brought these people in, but they're older so you would think like you will eventually get the challenge of the young lion versus the old DOGs, right? So there's a lot of cool storylines you can tell from within this group. But I do like the direction they're going. And uh, they're just, yeah, they're a cool trio. And who knows, maybe they'll get another person a part of this. Um, but yeah, let's keep on moving. We had backstage. So we had Jamie Hayter I, I will, and... Before- Right before we get move on, though, I will say they need to come out all together. <laughs> I don't need three separate entrances. That's a good can point. We, 
I mean, I get that, like, the Moxley thing's over, but, like, just choose one because that shit took forever. Could you imagine Regal walking through the audience, though? <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. John, which way are you going? I can't fucking tell. You know, he's, you like, don't pulling, take... he's pulling a handkerchief off and wiping his hands off and shit as people touch him. <laughs> he hates it the whole entire time. Obviously, I actually He's so do, good do on commentary. He, do you remember when he won King of the Ring and kind of took over Raw as the king? Mm-hmm. And like it was great. Like he shut down the show early, so it ended at like ten fifty instead of eleven. Kind of shit. Um, man, Regal as champion would have been great, but he got popped with a uh, wellness policy, so yep. it killed his run. It's really sad because William Regal's fucking great. He is great. So, yeah, so last week we had where Tony Storm was in the back, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker were kind of giving shit for each other since they're both part of, uh, you know, the Owen Hart thing. And um, basically, Ruby Riot came to back up her old friend, Tony Storm. Or at least that's kind of the way they placed it. So, Ruby Riot's back. She, she's actually still here. I thought she kind of turned into a female John Cena and we just couldn't see her. Uh, but I don't know, man. It looks like this will have a, a, a pretty fun tag match from this with Hayter and uh, Britt Baker going against Tony Storm and Ruby Riot. Can we, can we, I know that she's been really popular on the YouTube shows and I've actually liked what I've been tuning into just because I like the commentary teams because one of them's just Taz and, um, and uh, oh man, why am I Excalibur? And the other one is Excalibur with the big show Mark Henry. So, you know, you've been putting your, your bigger stars on that, but like the Hardy brothers were on there. But, like, Ruby Riots can be on the main. I mean, that's your main shows, Rampage and especially Dynamite. So, just saying. But uh, what, what do you think, Chris, about all this? It should be a fun match. I, I probably would have used Ruby Riot a little differently. But I I don't know what else to say outside of that, really. I mean, a lot of people really like Jade Cargill, and Thunder Rosa's the champion right now. So was, they're the biggest people in the company, right? Yep. So, I mean, I, I don't know what you do with Ruby Riot. I mean, should technically get a rematch against Jade Cargill. Maybe that's where they're going to go with that. Not sure. Yeah, it could be a definite possibility for sure. I mean, I thought they were going to do Jamie Hayter versus uh, Britt Baker a long time ago, so I have no idea what's going on with their women's division. It's about to get sh- shaken up again because now that Carrie Zane has debuted in Stardom and they're doing this crossover, I'm assuming they're going to start bringing people over. And Carrie Zane as the Pirate Princess would be fucking first on the list. Yeah, followed by Ember Moon. I'd love to see and her my, join them. My uh, um, Mayo from uh, Stardom, like there's a bunch of people from Stardom I bring over, and also like you said, Ember Moon's still out there, <laughs> floating around. So, I mean, there's there's options for them. Also, Hell Session yeah, Moth, she was in Ring of Honor. <laughs> she had some AEW dark matches. Bring her back. <laughs> Need more Session Moth. Love you. 
session moth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's really hard to predict what they do with the women's division because they do focus on wins and losses, but a lot of the stuff happens on dark and a lot of it's squash matches. So it's kind of hard to keep up with all of their ongoings. Like I'm trying to like, I know Ruby went against session moth and that was funny. Um, and she got a win there. And I know that they, she was like hanging out with red velvet for some time. Like uh, it's, it's when all that stuff is on the underneath and you don't tell us anything about it on the weekly show. If you don't watch all the YouTube stuff, it's kind of hard to keep up with their female division. Yeah. Or some of our favorite wrestlers that are not showing up on television and over here. Like, I get, and I don't understand why they didn't just tell us with Rusev or uh, uh, Miro. Wow, I haven't called him Rusev in a long time. But he's he's been doing pilots and shit like that. And so that's why he's out. He's He's been producing. Some, and then, so why didn't you just tell us? We were wondering what the, where the fuck he's been. But most people, they're on your YouTube shows now. And they're racking up wins. And it's people that a lot of the uh, people like, but I don't. You know, put Ruby Riot back on the fucking show every once in a while. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think AEW is trying to cultivate fans that are only just AEW fans, but in reality, their fan base watches a lot of wrestling, kind of all of it. <laughs> so, like, those extra couple of hours that you don't recap on your primary show, like, if I miss your YouTube show, like, tell us about it. You know, instead of doing three separate intros from people that's in William Regal's crew, maybe give me a two-minute synopsis of what happened on Dark and Elevation in case I missed them that week. Or run down the rankings. That would be a good rankings. idea. Or at least run down the rankings. Like, show us the rankings. When, and they, they do it every once in a while when it's convenient. But, like, at the beginning of every show, they should show the rankings and talk about them before any match starts because if you're telling me that like wins and losses are important and we do a championship ranking type deal like if you've ever watched a boxing pay-per-view or like an mma pay-per-view they fucking show that and they talk about it and it takes two minutes so take the two minutes to do that and then i will have a better answer for you on the question that you posed (laughs) i completely agree with that they they just need to hire you, man. Just let you help them out, you know? We'll bring order back to the dark order is, is our is our slogan. But <laughs> that would be really funny. They could get <laughs> the dark order to give the rundowns of the win-loss records each week. Gives them something to do and only takes away two minutes of TV time. Yeah, send it back to people that are popular like that to throw a little thing out there, like Orange Cassidy or something. Like, yeah, the ratings are... So, am I on this? Oh, I'm not on this? All right, never mind. He just walks off. <laughs> Someone's like, no, Orange, you gotta... God dang it. <sighs> I mean, this is a great spot to put someone like Mark Henry, who's really only there you go. the main event of Rampage. Like, have him run down like the rankings for the entire week because Friday is the end of the week outside of the main event, right before the main event. And he does his little speech, have him do a two minute reason of why you should care about these people and what the matches are coming up. Boom. I and completely agree with you. It's, it's easy. It's not hard. It's easy. Okay. 
All right, next match. A match that everyone was wondering how the hell, or if, basically, Wardlow could pick up Lance Archer and powerbomb his ass. And the answer is yes. Kind of scary the first time, but just definitely went down like butter after that. But, uh, yeah, we had Wardlow, no music, you know, brought down by security. As soon as, like, you know... (laughs) This was Lance Archer's fucking crazy, especially based on his age, especially the fact, you know, that he got injured. He's just he's he's nuts. He's and he's a big fucking dude, but he jumps over the damn ropes into Wardlow and security. That's how he started off the match. And I mean, how many power bombs? Did he, I think it was like three or four. Wardlow also kicked out to the blackout, which I don't even know if that has happened before. But um. Yeah, Wardlow looking like a badass, MJF and and Sean Spears looking scared. And later on, we found out, Chris, that the next opponent uh, for Wardlow, we kind of alluded to it earlier, is seven feet tall. It, well, this is what MJF said. He's seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. So I'm assuming, especially now the follow-up where we had um, Sean Spears say that he's wrestled him before, uh, he's been in the ring with him. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it's Morrissey, um, Big Kaz, whatever you want to call him. But uh, what do you think about all this? And how the hell did Wardlow? How did how did this is the thing? Lance Archer needs to be praised not only for the jump to outside, but getting himself up for those fucking power bombs. Like Jesus Christ. Who was it that he powerbombed? When he powerbombed the Butcher, it looked like that took way more effort than powerbombing Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think that's just because Lance Archer went up light as a feather. <laughs> like, Lance Archer's a damn good wrestler. Uh, incredible. Like, the fans were really pop, but uh, poor Lance Archer, and poor Wardlow, I should say. He's got a stigma where the fans just get kind of bored when he's not power bombing people, <laughs> it Ugh. sucks. Like he's doing good matches, but you can just hear the audience kind of like be like, "Uh, oh, well, this is fine." So it's it's he's in kind of a weird spot. I don't know what what they do to change that really. Um, I would say put him against a smaller guy. Like when when he had that match with Cody, do something like that. Which I mean, they're trying to get to MJF eventually but it would be hilarious as the guy that's seven foot tall and you can't teach that's actually Danhausen since he's seven foot tall and 600 pounds <laughs> <laughs> watch what do you want me to do i'm here already <laughs> he puts a curse on him <laughs> i put a curse on you we'll talk oh, about yeah. hookhausen <laughs> it's starting guys <laughs> but no all, all joking aside uh i don't know like do you if I'm impact, do I want Morrissey to lose to Wardlow? <laughs> yeah. What am I getting in return for that? <laughs> Cause I would be like, fuck that, since he's like one of their biggest stars and they've been building him for a while. Not just letting that guy go over there and take a four power bombs from Wardlow. If I'm Scott Demore. <laughs> You're right, man. I mean it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe this is keeping the faith. So Scott's like hoping that this, you know, I'll give you guys Morrissey and then we'll keep together as a community of wrestling, right? And then they're going to do whatever. I mean, if I'm him and they get Morrissey, I want Christian back for a title match against Josh Alexander. Boom. Completely makes sense. 
you know, you got to it's it's a give and receive, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not just going to send my talent over to a different company to job. <laughs> like, even if it's a good match, I don't want I wouldn't want Morrissey losing. He's in a big storyline with Matt Cardona, who's the NWA champion and your social media champion. Like, you can't just, you know, send him over there to lose to Wardlow. So, like, I'm, I'm assuming they'll do some kind of weird DQ thing where Morrissey wins if they're going to do it. But if I'm Impact and they're just like, we're going to have him get power bombed four times like uh, Butcher and <laughs> uh, Lance Archer, I'd be like, fuck that. <laughs> like, no. Do you think that he can powerbomb Morrissey? Because I know he got Lance Archer. But Morrissey is, he's a big motherfucker. Like, is Lance Archer seven feet tall? And you can't teach that? Sorry. I mean, Lance Archer is seven, six, seven, right? He's a big fucker as well. Um, I it, it, Mostly with a powerbomb, it depends on how light the person goes up. 90% of the time. So when you push off as when they push off as you're lifting them, it's like as long as he doesn't like hold them there, like Undertaker last ride shit should be fine. All right. But well. if I if I'm Morrissey, I'm not taking four power bombs, I'd be like, no. <laughs> like what does that do for me? Yes, I'm on AEW TV, but like I just got murdered. So when I go back to him back, they'll be like, oh, you mean that? It, it, to me, it diminishes everything you're doing in your current company. I, I know that people are like, but they're different and there shouldn't be any crossover. But like, but like you know, if I saw Superman get fucking suplexed by Wolverine and basically murdered or something, I'd be like, uh, or if it's like Man of Steel and fucking Magneto almost kills him, it's it kind of kills it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, it's got to be a give a and take. Sense. It's got to be a give and take. Yeah. Especially when you're a smaller company. That's what I'm saying. It's like you, you had the idea of Christian, but like this is, this should keep, especially if he fucking loses, this should keep things like impacts should be in the loop. You know what I'm saying? But we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, if you're Morrissey, I'm not taking any power bombs and it has to be a fuck finish kind of thing. Like, even if I'm about to get powerbombed, it has to be a fuck finish. And also, Morrissey is a babyface right now on Impact. So associating him with MJF is, like, counterintuitive to what they're doing on their programming with Morrissey. Like, he's been a babyface kind of this entire time. And right now, he's in a feud with the, the, the you know, Matt Cardona, the major, whatever, major nerds, major action figure nerds. Um Chris, did you did I lose you? No, no, sorry. Uh, no, having him as a like coming in as a heel, being hired by MJF is like a weird thing. So, yeah, I never agree maybe, with you on that. that. That doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. Maybe he's bringing in Shaq. <laughs> he's seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. Well, well, I mean, could it be Shaq? No, there's no fucking way. Is is Shaq seven or is he seven two? He's a tall motherfucker. Shaq is like, he was like seven foot four or something. He's fucking ridiculous. Jesus. Shaq is a big old boy. <laughs> and he's also a super nice guy. Shout out to Shaq. Love Shaq. 
Next, we had the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. All right, I'll admit there was a part in this where I asked Chris if I thought this was a work. I think a fireball later on uh, would prove that I just, you know. Eddie Kingston's so fucking realistic with his promos and the level of aggression that he takes it. I guess it's kind of just known he's going to go in whatever direction he's going to get there. But just to let you know, I'm going to get up in your fucking face and shit. <clears throat> and I got to say that Chris Jericho's reactions, especially later to it, like the 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 kind of fearful face, but at the same time being sarcastic, it's like it was all good. Honestly, you know, Jericho being Chris Jericho, kind of comedic. The other guys, Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston fucking flipped that switch really quickly. Maybe it was like a little bit after the fact that Jericho called out that they were idiots because they don't or they can't do math or something like that because it's three on 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 five. And then he really pissed off Kingston, you know, within this promo when he said that he was going to put a hit on them. And Kingston says, you know, you don't even know what a, a hit is, you know, through the fucking table. Then it was really tense. Everyone's getting in everyone's face. And then Kingston's just kind of like. Nose to nose with Jericho and threatening him, like telling him he's going to show him exactly what his until Chris Jericho basically backed up into his chair and gave, gave that face I was referring to earlier of like fear, but also like kind of like a to a degree, a little bit of that Scott Hall, like, whoo, like, you know, type of look towards him. But Eddie got the point across. And uh, they were left there, not as confident as they were before the Jericho Appreciation Society. Later on, they attacked them in the parking lot. And like I said, Chris Jericho threw a fireball in Eddie's face, burning him and adding some decent layering to a a feud that I was kind of I was uh, not happening, uh, you know, before all this. So I still kind of want it to be over, but I'm glad they put some layers on it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, Chris. Yeah, but I mean, it's not going to be over for a while because Jericho's got to get his win back, right? And then Kingston yeah. has to win. win. So this thing is going to go probably past the next pay-per-view. I would think. <laughs> so. I'm over it. I'm over <laughs> it! Jericho was great in this. To the point where you thought it was like he was actually scared of Kingston, which I would be, but uh, he was good. Everyone in this segment was great. It was it was fine. The fireball thing, like, why not use a taser or a mace or something like more modern? I mean, it's funny when Jerry the King Lawler does it, you know, but like in modern yeah. times, like it also it, it is funny because Jericho. Well, actually, if you think about the character of Jericho now, where he's the sports entertainer, him throwing a fireball kind of makes sense. <laughs> so, a wink, wink. Yeah, a little wink, wink to the the OGs. But uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Eddie Kingston, he's a big Terry Funk fan. Maybe he pulls out the fucking branding iron next time they go against. <laughs> he goes against Jericho. <laughs> But uh, yeah. you know they're gonna bring. They have to bring someone in for LAX, right? So who are they gonna? Are they gonna get homicide. Well, homicide and um, uh, Hernandez just showed up in MLW, but I don't know how, you know, 
if there's any type of exclusivity to them being over there, but that's who I'm thinking. I mean, they need five on five. Who's the um, guy that dresses like a hitman? I can't think of his name. They say he's stiff as fuck to work Loki. with. Loki. Maybe they bring in Loki dressed as hitman awesome. since Jericho is putting a hit on people. Dude, if that's the direction they're going and it's like Loki comes in because he's like, oh, you, you want to put a hit. Well, I got my buddy. A lot of people know. And then he comes out, you know, just that face that Loki can only make. Loki is the smallest guy. He's even smaller when it comes to size than, than, than Ishii. But he is one of the scariest fucking looking dudes. He looks like he could kill someone legitimately. So, and I'm pretty sure he has. So if they were to do that, that would be awesome. Homicide and Loki would be yeah. two scary motherfuckers to throw with those dudes. Yeah, the young bucks would be like, we're not getting around that guy. <laughs> if, if, if that's like your, your stable, it's like it's it's Ortiz, Santana, Eddie Kingston, Homicide and Loki. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good stable. <laughs> Um, Aren't they all from no, New York but, too? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know where I don't know where Loki is, but everybody else in the group I'll find that out. from New York. So, but uh, Loki is uh, like dressed as the Hitman coming in, <laughs> like from the video games, not as Brett the Hitman Hart, but uh, coming in with that whole thing with the gloves and the suit on and shit. Yep, he's from That'd Brooklyn. Be lit. There you go. <laughs> That's great. It'd be amazing. Where Brooklyn at? All right. Well, yeah, I'm excited about this. All right. So next match was a pretty good match with uh, Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb. I'm just kind of getting over the whole hardcore match. You know, you got to make sure you got at least two of these on on each show or something like that. But these two ladies definitely whooped each other's ass. We had a part where Shida flew off the uh, ring apron, but Deeb caught her with a knee or caught her knee with the uh, steel chair. Basically, started the uh, the heat if you will, portion of the match. Um, Sheeta fucking did the, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, Falcon's Arrow from the top ropes. Uh, and there was definitely someone who almost like, who was it that almost fell off during that? That was a fucking gnarly spot. Um, yeah, Deeb just completely destroying Sheeta's knee with the steel chair. She didn't have problems with her knee in real life. It was all kayfabe that it's going to start now, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a, a pretty good match, Chris. It would have been a better match if it was just a match instead of a hardcore match. But it was Agreed. fun. Like, you got Hikura Shida versus Serena Deeps just have a normal match. And then do the aftermath afterwards. If you want to do kendo sticks and cheers and shit. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was my only thing. complaint about it. They're not as good as chairs. They will definitely lose in that situation, Hikaroshita, most times. So grab the steel thing. I don't know. You can swing it faster, and Sting's like, yeah, that's why I graduated to a baseball bat. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> a kendo stick is like what? It's like shredded bamboo tied together to make a stick. We're in America. You can get a baseball bat. It's fine. I, kendo sticks are just like I know why they were used <laughs> because like it doesn't hurt as bad but at the same time it's like you know if you're actually trying to take somebody out uh, you're right a steel chair or a ring bell or 
that giant wrench that that one girl always is pulling out from under the ring. Way better weapons. Yeah. Way better weapons. Way better. All right. We move to the 10-man tag team match. I got to be honest with you. I don't know why, but I don't remember a lot of this match. Uh, but Adam I don't Cole, remember Bucks, shit from this. <laughs> there was Red a lot Dragon of spots. <laughs> versus Dante Martin, Varsity Blonde, Lee Johnson, and Brock Anderson. I mean, I'm sure everyone got their shit in. The heels uh, overpowered the baby faces because they're younger. And uh, maybe they all did a knee to one of their faces and then Adam Cole hit them or with, you know, the fucking uh, shining wizard to the back of the head and one, two, three. I think at the end, if I'm not mistaken, I think I remember the young bucks putting on the undisputed elite shirts. So, you know, in their follow-up promo that was lap from last night, they they're all in sync and they were making fun of uh, Nathan or Brandon or whatever the fuck is Landon. Uh, the whole entire time, so seems like the elite is now a unit, and these were the 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 same guys that all have potential uh, in the future. Uh, you know, they had to they had to get their whoopings. They had to you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I don't remember a goddamn thing about this match, like I said. It's smart to officially put them together in that sense because it sets up whatever five man match they're going to do for that New Japan pay per view. Because you can do Bullet Club, right? Like you can do, you know, Anderson Gallows, uh, Chris Bay, Jay White. Um, God, what is his name? Kenta. Yep, five or Kenta. Five. You can, you can do that match, right? So, kind of makes sense. Um, I, I actually kind of like that they're together on this undisputed club because. I like the idea of when Kenny Omega does come back with Don Callis that he's kind of the odd man out. Because I think it gives you multiple, and I've said this before on past podcasts, etc. I think it's uh, it's a good spot for him to be where he's like not really friends with anyone anymore, but he's still part of this group. And then you can do like he has to go through them, and they go. It it just depends on what they they want to do with Kenny Omega. And if they're not rushing for him to win the title, but that's that could be a fun storyline in itself. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. I kind of, I don't know, I kind of want Kenny kind of distance from that group a bit. As much as I want like a specific, you know, one-on-one situation between him and Adam Cole where you just kind of have a feud between the two of them. I, I just kind of want him away from all of them when he comes back to an extent, too. And, I mean, I think that's how you have to get there, though. Like, he has to beat Adam Cole, right? Yeah. So, all right, well, let's, let's talk. Let's interesting. Talk about the, yeah, absolutely. The main event, we kind of already talked about this a little bit. Sammy Guevara, Scorpio Sky, TNT Championship. The ending of this match was good. A lot of fucking stupid shit. All right, I actually know the beginning. The, the the beginning beginning stuff was good. Sammy did that over where no one was there to catch him, and he just fucking did the Phoenix Splash with an extra rotation right on his head. Uh, then it goes picture in picture, 
they're checking him the whole entire time. Apparently, it was really awkward because Scorpio had to like. No one really understood why, or he had to basically like kind of keep the match going, commercial break while medical staff came out and checked on him. Uh, Sammy was able to apparently uh, to continue the match, and uh, it got fucking dumb with Patreon Zant coming out and getting involved with Ty Conti. There was a chicken fight on the ladders at one part, and then once that ended the 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 chunk at the end which i can't remember because of all the craziness and stupid shit beforehand uh led to the win of scorpio sky so he has a title now and we flip-flopped the tnt title between three people uh constantly in the last couple months between cody sammy guevara scorpio sky and uh kaz came out to celebrate with them and that will be the next match coming up and that was how we ended it yeah all right now Chris is going to obliterate and eviscerate this whole thing, so we'll let him do his thing right now. <laughs> do you know what I wrote in my notes on this after texting you? What? That was some WWE-ass shit. <laughs> some WWE-ass shit. You flip the titles for no reason to set up an engineer tag match. That's the only reason we're doing this, right? is to set up Paige Van Zandt in <laughs> Scorpio or Ethan Page versus Sammy and Ty Conti. Ty and... Pretty much. And, and, and the worst part is, like, Ty and Paige Van Zandt, they've never really been featured on Dynamite as wrestlers. <laughs> so they're not even characters you care about. Like, if you're going to do this, why would you not do it with, like, Adam Cole and Britt Baker? <laughs> You know, like there, there's actual couples in this company that are better wrestlers that you could have done this with, but no, Paige Van Zandt's name. She's got an OnlyFans page. I heard. <laughs> so, in the match sucked because the entire storyline leading into the match sucks. Like it takes away from Scorpio Sky's reign Scorpio. as a champion, which he deserves. Like he's a great wrestler. Um. He went undefeated, but the story is literally like we're gonna get an intergender tech match. That's the storyline. Has nothing to do with the title, nothing to do with anything else going on. They're like, we have to build this. And Sammy's the heel now because he dates Ty Conti instead of the girl that he was engaged to. That's the fucking story. This is all bullshit. <laughs> Scorpio Sky <laughs> is a great wrestler. Sammy Guevara is a great wrestler. I gave zero fucks about this. And it wasn't a great ladder match because they put so much fuckery in it. We had a chicken fight on top of a ladder match. Really? Like we had a barbed wire wrapped ladder. Why? Why after Sammy took that spot and almost killed himself, is he getting fucking launched off a ladder to get smashed through a fucking bar like God damn it. I know it's not real barbed wire, they, but still, they, that shit's got to fucking tear your back up, no matter what. They also they also did that dumb shit where they both took big bombs off the ladder and then both immediately ran back up the ladder. It was like, well, if it's that easy to run up the ladder to get the, the title, then it makes the rest of the match irrelevant. It's just, there was a lot of shit I didn't like about this match, and it's neither of their faults because it was obviously booked to, we have to tell this storyline. Which I hated. And don't care about. 
Yeah, I agree. All right, well. I actually uh, buried that way softer than I would have after watching it when I was messaging you. Bury me softly. (laughs) All right, so Uh, uh, let's let's go over Rampage real quick. We had another Owen Hart tournament uh, qualifier. We had Darby Allen going against Swerve Strickland. These guys, they even said at the beginning of it, have uh, competed in the past, met up many times within uh, wrestling. I think Excalibur said that they fought a total of like seven or eight times uh, for major promotions. So, and they definitely had good chemistry. You know, I don't really think that that many times is is a lot, but I mean, both Swerve and Darby have amazing finesse for wrestlers. Uh, that's one of their gifts and. I mean, their timing was ridiculous. That that part where Darby went and uh, went and did the suicide dive, and Swerve just came up, knocked him in the chin with a fucking knee, and Darby just felt like he was dead. It was a awesome back and forth match. Um, the suplex to the outside was completely unnecessary. Like God, dude, that doesn't help either guy. But Darby took it. They were or what's your name? Um. Aubrey Edwards was talking to him for a while, so I was kind of nervous a little bit after that happened. But these guys uh, beat the hell out of each other, and just for Ricky Starks to kind of distract, even though Sting got in his face, it was enough distraction for Swerve, who's obviously feuding with him, to get fucked over. And, uh, you know, Darby didn't realize that they even had a thing at the end where Darby apologized to him in a vignette. Um, And they're cool, but. That's leading up to, obviously, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks involved against their feud with Keith Lee and uh, which we call Swerve Strickland going forward. But it was still an awesome match. Uh, Darby won with the Last Supper, his, his tie-up uh, pin, which I really like. And, uh, yeah, just a really good match. Darby looked – he has a, a great way of looking like he's – like the life has left his body, Chris. It's pretty amazing. So I have a niece alert on this one. She was really sad that Darby <laughs> and Swerve were having to wrestle each other because she's became a big Swerve fan. <laughs> so uh, now she really hates Ricky Stark. <laughs> if she didn't hate Ricky Starks to begin with, she really hates him because <laughs> he kind of fucked her out of a finish. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, no, it was a great match, man. It was everything I expected it to be. Um, I don't know. Who do you think is going to be bigger in that company, Darby or, or Swerve? Because they're pushing the hell out of Swerve right now. I think Darby, just because he has more time there, basically. But I think Swerve, I mean, the crowd loves going, Swerve, Swerve. Like, they've caught on, and he hasn't been there for a very long time. I mean... That's pretty awesome, if you ask me, that he's been able to. He's just, he he has a lot of charisma to him. Natural charisma, which is very hard to fucking find. And I think that that resonates with people. And he's already been accepted by the audience because, also because NXT fucking dropped his ass, or WWE did. So it's kind of a little bit of that as well. But he's awesome. It's like, why did WWE drop him, though? (laughs) Like, honestly. Because he's young, he's in shape, he's of the size of wrestlers that they would push. Like, I still don't understand that. Like, even if you're looking at it from the Vince mindset, why did you get rid of Isaiah Swerve Scott? 
it's baffling. But yeah, natural charisma, same thing as Darby Allen. Those two will be it'll be fun to see in the future which one gets the tight the the big belt first. Is it going to be Swerve Scott, Darby, or Jungle Boy? Because eventually, I mean, that's where they're going, right? Yeah, potentially, yeah. Or is Kenny just going to hold it forever once he comes back? That's that's a possibility as well. He's going to Hulk Hogan that shit. Okada that shit. 800 days. If, if he just if he feels like he needs to, man. You know, we have to adhere to Mr. Kenny Omega. Um, but yeah, great match, man. What about that suplex to the outside? Should people be doing that? I mean, if your name's to the floor, I, no, (laughs) I don't think it was necessarily, it wasn't necessary, but like the last Swerve Scott match I watched, he took a verse Rana onto a platform (laughs) from that, uh, ring of honor show, which was way more gnarly. Not everyone's bodies are made like PCO, for Christ's sakes. Jesus. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I know why you do it. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't know if you're just doing a taped show for Rampage that you need to do a suplex off of the apron to the ground. It's probably a bad idea. I agree. And also, that was another thing. Last night. There was so much crowd sweetening because these are pre-recorded, both this and SmackDown. It was ridiculous, especially SmackDown. But I've noticed that they're sometimes doing it on AEW. I just want to let everyone know that it's a great concept. And WWE is guilty of it more than anyone because of what happened with the pandemic and shit. One time you had to do it. But it's very noticeable when you have an audience and they're not reacting the way and you have like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it sounds like like it's a certain sound. It, it It's it doesn't sound real. It sounds, sounds weird, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't like it. It's worse in WWE because when they crowd sweeten, they also try to put in whatever they want people to say. So they'll throw in random chants and stuff. Oh my uh, God. So AEW, when they crowd sweeten, they're just, you know, putting in, volume which they've done since the beginning because if we go if you go back in the archives or old listeners you'll be aware of the time where they had the defense chant happening over top of the wrestling show that was awkward. from the basketball game yeah it was super awkward but who was it that debuted was it ethan page i think it was ethan page middle of his match we just heard defense defense I'd be so mad. Or Ethan Page. I like Ethan Page a lot. Uh, he's a super nice guy. <laughs> I, I commented on a YouTube video he did for Major Marks. I was like, I can't hear shit. This is just this is uh, not negative criticism. I think the content's great. Like, fix the audio. He's like, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate that. I was like, oh, Ethan Page is a nice guy. <laughs> hey, he just plays a dick. It's great. Um. That's why I said with Ethan, just like, dude, let this be some way to get Scorpio and Frank Kazarian just maybe back with each other or at least like, you you know, together again. Scorpio is a baby face because this shit's not working. And then Ethan Page and him can have like a little bit of a rivalry and then he can be represented still by uh, what uh, forgot what the fuck his name is right now. Um, Dickhead head. 
uh, and they can be a heel unit and going forward just in the singles or some shit like that. Dan Lambert, there you go. I mean, I think it's a good idea to screw Kazarian over and then have Christopher Daniels return and do the tag match, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky versus... Uh, I like that, too. I like that, too. That's fun. And then you get... I mean, it only has to be a one-off. You don't have to do a long storyline with it, but I think that would be a fun tag match. But uh, I don't know. Kazarian seems like he's having the time of his life, and every time he gets in the ring, he has a great fucking match. So... <laughs> I, I, pro- like, what did, we, what did I have him as the most underrated wrestler? <laughs> Two years ago, he's still there. <laughs> he's still, he's still on that list. I agree, for but sure. Him is a. Would you be okay with him winning that TNT title after it just swaps? Well, at this point, it's like as long as it stays on the next person for a long time, I don't give a fuck. I'd like to see Frankie with it, just for that. But I mean, same time, no, honestly. But I mean, like, let's see. It went from Cody. To going to Ricky, then what? Cody had a they had an interim, so then Ricky won it, and then they, he won against Cody, and then after that, it's been him fucking ping ponging with Scorpio Sky since he won it. Like you're talking about uh, Sammy? Yes, yes. Sorry. Um, with the TNT title in general, it's like been flipped so many times. Just if if Scorpio's gonna have it, keep it on him for a while. And if Frankie, for some reason, gets it, fucking story they're trying to tell. I mean, you've done it a bunch in the past, but now keep it on Frankie for a while. Don't fucking, don't, you know. It's not that we want the world championship to stay on the guy for a long period of time. And then the other one, that it's it just it's based on the moment and the situation. But flip-flop make it look really, you know, stu- Stupid. I agree with you. And I think the weirdest part about the Scorpio thing is that he was undefeated for like a whole year. And then you just flip off the title and make his, not only the title kind of irrelevant, but his undefeated streak irrelevant. Like it should have been a big moment where if you're going to do him versus uh, Kazarian, like build that up into a big event. Don't, don't just like, I don't, I don't think that this intergender tag match within the AEW audience is going to bring more people to watch it than just Scorpio Sky versus Frankie Kazaria and Scorpio has an undefeated streak with the title. I agree. Paige fans is not Ronda Rousey. <laughs> like, they're not the same. Well, I mean, like, look what they're doing with Ronda. I mean, they might put the title on her, but it hasn't been good. So you can even look at it. But I mean, like, from, well, I was looking at it more of like the audience appeal or trying to pull in casual fans. They're, they're not the same thing. That's not the same thing as pulling in like a Logan Paul or something. Like the fan base is way smaller than like a Ronda Rousey. So, like, why even? Well, yeah, waste? I don't, I don't. Like, is it worth uh, flip-flopping the titles, basically, to set up an intergender tag match that's going to be a bad match to try to pull that draw? I don't necessarily know that it is. Hey, Booker of the Year, man. <laughs> yeah. He's getting very Vince McMahon on that ladder match and the storyline that he's setting up afterwards where we get an intergender tag match, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> he's basically becoming he's 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 the Joker now. We have to worry worry about him. Too much coke. Anyways, all right. So next, uh, <laughs> Jay Cargill and the baddies, uh, Red Velvet and Kira Hogan, uh, one against Night Nightingale, Blue, and Adora. Is it is it blue or sky blue? Oh wow. Okay. Well, I guess I wasn't paying attention. Sky, sky blue. Sky blue. Sky. Yeah. Trisha Dora and Sky Blue. Okay. I should not go by the fucking outline from from Bleacher Report, you jerks. Anyways, but um, this match I think happened really fucking quickly because I think I went and I washed my hands and it was done. I'm pretty sure. Maybe. I'm uh, crazy, but I don't remember a lot that happened from this. I will say I like all the ladies in this that I know. The other two, actually Sky Blue I'm not the biggest fan of. I don't, I don't think I've seen Trisha Dora. But I like Willow a lot, uh, and I like Jade Cargill, uh, Red Velvet, and Carrie Hogan. So, neat. Do you remember this at all, man? I, I remember the match, but I don't remember the finish. Who won? Uh, the baddies. Yeah. Why is Willow part of this group? She's not. She went against them. Okay. Why is she part of the team that went against the group? Because they're trying to see if they want to keep her by putting her in these things and making her perform. I guess. I don't know. That's my guess. I mean, out of all the shitty people they put Jade Cargill against, why not just give her a match against Willow straight up? It's a good idea. It, I, like I mean, if you want to see if she can go, but Willow, like, I think she proved that she could go against Mercedes Martinez. I don't know that you need more proof than that since it was an AEW produced show, but whatever. Yeah, I don't remember much of this match. It was very quick, especially because it's the opening of Rampage, which is usually like a 15 minute match. Yeah. I don't know. The, the next matches, I don't really remember this that much either because I'm pretty sure he just squashed them. But uh, Keith destroyed Colton again and just, you know. Remember the part in the corner where he slapped him on the chest and Keith Lee threw him back in the corner and went, <laughs> and did the, uh, that whole thing. So, and that's awesome whenever that happens. So, Lee won. And did anyone expect anything differently? Yeah, I, I think they're trying to keep Billy Gunn away from Keith Lee. The world realizes how big Billy Gunn is. <laughs> It'll break everyone's minds. Uh, no, yeah, this this match was fine. We did get an ass boys chant. That was funny. And Keith Lee did Keith Lee shit. So it was good stuff. All right. So we had the confrontation that was promoted that originally, I'm pretty sure it was promoted as a match, but whatever. Between Danhausen and Hook. Danhausen comes out. He Screams for Hook to come out, and they look like they're about to have a confrontation. And um, who came out to – I actually have no idea. Maybe I was just, like, brain dead this morning when I first woke up and watched this, but I, a tag team came out, challenged them. Or, no, they didn't challenge them. They – I don't know what the fuck happened. I know by the end of it, everyone was screaming Hookhausen. Chris, save me. Oh, man, I'm doing as bad as you because now I'm spaced on their names as well. But, like, I will say that I predicted Hookhausen. 
That's good. Like three weeks back. It doesn't matter because like whoever goes against Dan Housen to hook, they're just going to get suplexed to death anyways. It could be any random geeks. Insert random geeks here. They're getting suplexed. <laughs> and then Dan Housen will put a curse with the hot tag or something. <laughs> there was a lot of hook housing chance, though. I do know that. I do remember. Oh, it was Tony Nice. He attacked both of them. That's right. And they got the better of him. Him and Martin. They beat up Mark Sterling. So. Oh, we forgot who Tony Nice was. That's easy to do. <laughs> we forgot about him. We did. For such right, a so- ripped guy who's so good in the ring, that guy has zero personality. <laughs> He's like in the Sean Spears category of like, <laughs> you're really good, but like. Only at wrestling, <laughs> not everything else that's a wrestler. Yeah, no kidding. All right, well, we had a match with Samoa Joe and Trent Beretta for the Ring of Honor TV title. And, I mean, if, if anyone thought this was going to be bad, you're wrong. Uh, but Joe is just, my God, just murdersome, especially when he's just destroying people in corners. Uh, just all of his hits look like they're just completely devastating. Uh, Trent hit, uh, Joe with a perfect tornado DDT. Um, but yeah, I like how they're keeping the, uh, code of honor handshake. I like that. You know, it's good, uh, little quality to have for those matches. Ian Riccoboni was on uh commentary, which he couldn't say a lot because you had Chris Jericho, what Ricky Starks, Excalibur. So it's pretty, uh, and Taz, so it was a pretty crowded uh, commentary team, but, you know, uh, fun stuff, and uh, Samoa won! So, there you go, Muscle Buster. Boom. You got the rear naked choke. That was it. Oh, no, he failed to hit the Muscle Buster, that's right. Then he hit the uh, rear naked choke, choked his ass out. Bam, 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 bam. Actually, I forgot what his new music is. Whatever, that music instead. Yeah, he needs a new theme song. The 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 one he has currently sucks. It's uh, not memorable. It's funny that his NXT song sticks out the most out of his entire career to me, or his WWE song. But um, yeah, good match, Tremoretta. Turns out he's a pretty good wrestler, Dane. You you, you know this? You hear about this? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Very different match than Joe versus Suzuki, <laughs> where they just chopped a little bit. Five minutes. <laughs> Turns out Joe is still <laughs> moving the ring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Beretta must have heard from Bret Hart that the Muscle Buster was unsafe, so he's like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> Didn't take it. Um, no. All joking aside, this is a really fun match. I, I love the Samoa Joe's back. Um. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm excited for him versus Jay Lethal. <laughs> Let's continue to build to that. Yeah. I also, Beretta still looks weird with short hair. <laughs> like, I know it's growing out, but it just looks weird. Agreed. I think that's actually what happened at the end of it. Didn't Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal, once again, try to, you know, come out? And him and him and Samoa Joe exchanged some blows, so I think they were going to be getting that match. 
sooner. Uh, so that, that that's good. I believe someone was helping them with Sanjay Dutt and the other large gentleman, uh, Mr. Singh, I think. Um, so, yeah, this has been really good I've towards been, the end. I've been using that Jay Lethal gif for a while now where he had the president and he opened the box and it was just him giving fucking Samoa Joe the bird. Yeah, that's just funny <laughs> like as well. It was pretty good. <laughs> I don't know who came up with that, but props. That was Tony. I'm, I'm assuming it was Jay Lethal, but if it was Tony Khan, claps for either person that came up with that. It was pretty funny. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Put it on a t-shirt. Did know? they did they dial back the uh, giant claw guy? I guess. No, he was there. I think. What is what is his name though? Is it, it's something Singh, isn't it? I, I I don't know right offhand. I don't, I don't remember his name because he put a human claw on a guy's head in 2022. So and it looked weird. Samoa Joe's trying his best to sell this shit. It's like if Samoa Joe can't sell the move, don't do the move. Is probably the answer. I agree. It's Satnam Singh. Yeah, that's right. That's the name of the gentleman. But anyways, I think that's it for us, guys. We uh, went over everything. Had a great show. Talked about lots of stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Just for new listeners, if you want to listen to us, we're on any downloadable platform. Uh, You know, whatever you would like to listen to. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Everything that you guys could possibly go to. So listen to us. And, uh, you know, if you like what you hear, give us a thumbs up, give us a rating. We, uh, you know, really appreciate it. But uh, say goodbye to all the lovely people, Chris. Goodbye, all the lovely people. If uh, you're a hockey fan, check out our last podcast from Skates to Throats at Skates to Throats. You can find it on all the same downloadable platforms as this lovely show. Uh, It's about the legendary uh, Mike Bossy. So check it out in his life and career. And uh, if you want to hit me on Twitter, talk about wrestling, hockey, or any sports, actually, or movies, whatever, at Chris R. Patton on Facebook, Christopher.R.Patton. And, uh, yeah, you guys have a great weekend. All right. You guys can find me at DaneAlves42 on Twitter. You can find me on DaneAlves on either Facebook or Instagram. Pretty sure there's not many of me. Could be wrong. Just uh, hit me up. And we'll talk about stuff. So get ready for the next episode next week. We'll get back to you when we can. How about that? I'll promise you that. But anyways, you guys have a great day, evening, whatever you're doing. And Geeks Alliance be with you. And as always, peace out.